Get Into Geek. This is, well, it's not even movies, it's not even just TV, it's a little bit of everything. It is the Disney Investors Meeting wrap-up, which possibly sounds like the most boring way to start a podcast, but, uh, I mean, for anyone who caught up with the news last week, it's exciting as all hell. My name is Mitch. Joining me, as always, on here, Get Into Geek. Maddie, what's doing, mate? Hello, my fellow investor. Yes, I know. I mean, we're sitting here just talking about stock prices in the mouse house, and uh, by golly, there's some Star Wars news uh, involved, and the superheroes uh, as well that we need to talk about. This was a fucking huge day last week, Matt. I know that mm. you know we're we're both we're winding down to the you know the Christmas period, and so we had a little bit of time just to keep an eye on the Disney thing, and then the rest of the day just become like chat and text messages between you and I going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is happening, this is happening. And we've basically needed the last six days as we are recording to calm down before we actually get a chance to sit down and and record about it. But we want to sit down and finally actually discuss everything that happened. You could still cut tomatoes with the nipples though. Like I still haven't fully, (laughs) fully calmed down. But yeah. I'm close. I'm close. Well, look, I I would dare say that anyone listening to this chat would would happily be as excited as we are. We haven't got, uh, I would argue, a lot of skeptics and a lot of naysayers because you know there was a lot of feedback online and and there was one great thing saying you know that basically Disney all they're doing is copying what works and just doing. 10 times more of that you know oh you like one disney plus star wars show here's heaps more with other characters that you already know you know we're not trying anything new and marvel everything we're doing is a branch off something that's already been successful and even all their pixar stuff or a lot of it and a lot of disney plus series and follow-ups and semi-sequels and i get that i get it but i tell you what as a fan of most of the stuff and we're going to talk about it I can't help that I was fucking excited about it all, and you were the same. Like, yeah, okay, we're going to get, uh, I, um, I don't know, uh, an- another Avengers spin-off, you know, Disney Plus show. And I'm like, I don't care. I love the Avengers. So I will happily watch X amount more TV shows uh, on Disney Plus. Disney want my money? They can have my money. Well, yeah, they've got it anyway. I mean, they've got yeah. it while I'm watching Mandalorian, and they've just very conveniently left it. So, like, there's really no point between when Mandalorian ends and Wonder and Vision starts... Like, there's really no point me cancelling my subscription nope. to save myself that $10 a month. So, well done to them. They're very business savvy. Yeah, well, let's get into that, actually. There were two very big, obviously, factions of, of the Disney house uh, that had a lot of announcements, and that is Marvel and Star Wars. So I might even bookend our little podcast here today with those and just try and cover everything else that happened in the middle. Now, the, the entire announcement period went over across, like, I don't know, three or four hours. I'm going to hope this podcast doesn't go that long, so we're going to try and skim through a few of the things that we're not going to nerd out about as much, but we will uh, we'll touch on we'll them. We'll try. You and I are, are known to jibber quite a bit, so we'll, we'll try. We'll I mean, try. we've been talking for seven hours before we even press record on this podcast, so and then we'll debrief about the podcast for another eight hours after we stop, so it's, uh, it's magic. Well, while you talk about it, Loki, WandaVision, let's kick it off with a little bit of Marvel. Yeah, as we record this, uh, now this won't be you know going up today because I'll need at least a day to edit it. It is December seventeenth. Four solid weeks until WandaVision debuts on Disney Plus, which is the first. It was supposed to be the second, but the first Marvel TV show on Disney Plus. The first of six episodes before, you, like you said, then the next one picks up about a week what later, was, so you don't get any chance. What was supposed to be the first? Winter Soldier and Falcon. Well, Falcon ah, and the Winter Soldier was, yeah, well, that was initially, if COVID hadn't have, you know, destroyed uh, oh, all our plans this year, it was supposed to come out in August. 
And then I think uh, Wonder. I mean, they never really gave a uh, a proper release date. I think for One Division, but we would have expected it around about like maybe December anyway. Mm. It could have come as early as October, but I dare say that Falcon and Winter Soldier would have taken up from August most of the time before Mandalorian dropped, and then they probably still would have dropped One Division around about now anyway. But you think they were also hoping to tie in Falcon and Winter Soldier to some post Black Widow stuff. You know, Black Widow set yeah, between Civil sense. War yeah, and Infinity War. And so that comes out and then we're going to bang, here's your Disney Plus TV series of some completely unrelated characters to that film, we would imagine. But there are some lingering storylines that they're going to be covering. So I guess One Division's not going to impact anything that should have come before, both Winter Soldier and Falcon and, uh, and the Black Widow movie. Um, but it will, as Kevin Feige said during the presentation last week, it will be tying into Doctor Strange 2 because there's some reality-bending shit in this show and there is some multiverse madness in Doctor Strange 2. And he also said, even though it's got a Sony thing... Spider-Man still, you know, it's it's you know, it's half and half their film that it will tie into Spider-Man Three, which again only news two days before this Disney thing was just taking over the the movie world with talk of Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock, and then all these other Spider-Man are coming back. So there's some multiverse stuff happening in that film, and it all is going to kick off uh, with One Division in barely four weeks' time, as we see and sit right here. You being the X-Men guy, though, I know we've spoken briefly about the trailer in the past, uh, I, I think off air, away from the, the podcast. How, how do you fit and sit with, uh, with what we're seeing? It's only going to be in a six-episode, but it's going to be a lot more Scarlet Witch than we've ever seen before. And this, this, <laughs> this trailer looks like, it's, it just looks like an acid trip. Mm. It's, I've got an interesting history with, with Wanda because much like the Disney Fox before they merged, I'm used to Wanda as she relates to the X-Men less than I am to the way mm. she relates to the Avengers. So in terms of the WandaVision comics and stuff like that, I'm not fully aware of them. But seeing what else is sort of coming down the pipe from from this whole sort of release, I feel like the only thing this can end in is Wanda being pregnant. Wanda being pregnant with the twins being Wiccan and Speed, who are, she has these twin twin kids, and Wiccan and, and Speed as well, sort of, but Wiccan mainly becomes one of the Young Avengers. Which they are also setting up for, you know, with Hawkeye. And... Yeah, the Young Avengers are like Kate Bishop, um, America Chavez, who they just announced is going to be in um, one of the Disney Plus shows as well. Stature, who is Ant-Man's daughter. Um, who they've just recast, mm-hmm. who in the comics is blonde. So I feel like they've done this recast oh, right. to make her look more comic accurate, I feel like. Um, Cassie Lang. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Wiccan's boyfriend. It's one of the first um, same-sex couples in, in the comics is Wiccan and Hulkling, who despite being called Hulkling, has nothing to do with Hulk. He's actually a half-Cree, half-Skrull. Um, right. But wow. his his form is like this jacked up sort of blonde Hulk with wings, and he's a shapeshifter, and and yeah, it's um. So I feel like with everything that's going on, all we, we which is what I'm excited about, what I've been wanting for the last couple of years is everything seems to be building to um to the Young Avengers. So that's yeah, that's really all I can think of when it comes to the Wonder Vision. Is it's it's gonna you know t- play up more with their relationship moving forward. 
do we know when it's set? Like, is it is it set before Infinity War, or is this just Wanda having some kind of mad delusion the entire time, dealing with with Vision's death? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, they haven't stated, and I think that's where they, you know, that's going to be one of the the twists about it all is that we're not supposed to know until mm. you know, until we know. Uh, I remember I, I was texting Emma, who is usually here for our trailer reviews, and we might still cover some of the Disney stuff on a, on a separate podcast. But I, I think for the for the first main trailer that came out, and I said, "What if you know this is a stupid idea?" It's like all of this because it is such a. Uh, you know, it's, it's covering different, you know, decades of sitcoms, the way they're sort of filming this and, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the laugh track and even, I think, the way that it's shot and, and presented, the 4 by 3 aspect and in uh, in some of the black and white stuff they're showing. Very, like, um, I Dream of Genie. I noticed a, yeah. lot, a lot of hints to that. Oh, yeah, I, the way that it looks is we're going to get six episodes. There might only be six different ways they cover it. I don't know that we're going to get a different sitcom uh, style per episode and then some real-world stuff or some, you know, uh, modern-day type stuff to, to parallel it. I mean, we don't know exactly what this show is going to be. We're just getting those looks. But it is such a mind trip. It's seemingly all within her own head and her, you know, her warping reality or something, or at least just the yeah. way that she's perceiving it in her own mind, like you were saying. And I, I joke with Emma, what if all this takes place almost when she's destroying vision you know in that moment in infinity oh. war something maybe not but like just the idea that like she's destroying their relationship but she's imagining what their life could have been yeah. like no, no, but then like that, that you know but i mean then you know you watch that movie and thanos reverses time so she doesn't destroy vision takes the thing out of his head and then kills her and then 5 years later she comes back vision's still dead and and, and she's having to move on with her life so i kind of want us to go the safe route and say that it's it's set you know post end game and she is struggling because i mean this scarlet witch she's only you know in end game vision's death just happened to her it's been 5 years for us or, the, mm. or for the other characters in the in the movie that have that survived the snap but it's only been a matter of hours days weeks or months or whatever for her as opposed to 5 years so maybe she is still coming to terms with that and sitting down and you know, as any great you know X Men uh, or mutant uh, found, you know that it's it's emotional change um, that brings about their mutation, and um, and maybe that's enough to have her really develop those world changing abilities or powers or whatnot. So mm. I don't know. I I kind of want to don't. You know, I, I feel like we only just got a taste of Vision and then we had to say goodbye to him for the sake of, of not only her story but the ongoing story with the with the stones and I kind of don't want to let him go but also don't want to, you know, I feel like we're going to get six half hours, six hours. I'm not too sure how long each episode is going to go for and maybe by the end of it that will be enough to cover their story but also don't want to say goodbye to them. But because we are going to get an X-Men in the future, I, I want to see what you're saying. I want to get those children and... I mean, who knows? Maybe, yeah. Maybe if she's brought back, they maybe she fell pregnant at the start of Infinity War, just prior to the start of the film, and then days, essentially days later for her, is post Endgame, and she is already pregnant with those kids. So yeah, well, I mean, like, they can really, <laughs> I mean, they can go anywhere with this type of show and these type of characters. They can go anywhere. Yeah, well, obviously, when we do when we do meet up with them in um, in Infinity War, they're in bed. Like that's where we first see them. Yeah. There is also a lot in the comics where, like, the the kids are fully grown before they know that Wanda and Vision are their parents. Like, there's a whole big, oh, wow. long thing going on about that. Wanda doesn't know that she has kids. There's a whole big mm. thing going through there. But then also I did read after Infinity War when um, Vision was killed, someone pointed out that there, there is an iteration of Vision after he loses... Because I don't think the comic one has the Mind Stone. 
I know mm. typically Adam Warlock has the Soul Stone, which we're obviously not going to see that in this in this sort of in, in the MCU. So this might be the version of it. But someone did uh, did say in one of the comics with Vision down the track he loses some ability or loses or does something or that and he actually becomes black and white vision like his his whole yeah. color scheme changes and people pointed out that when the stone was ripped out of him in infinity war he did change to black and white and his eyes went white and stuff like that and obviously in infinity yep. war they set up that he doesn't need the he doesn't necessarily need the infinity stone to live it's mm. only part of it so i think you know we could we could see a different iteration of, of Vision down the track, but obviously, yeah, it, what we've seen so far for the WandaVision trailer is the traditional Vision we're used to seeing. So, And, I mean, there's been some, you know, again, it's on online speculation because we've still got another month until the show debuts that, uh, you know, speculation since the trailer dropped last week, so there's nothing revealed uh, at the investors thing, but that this show could, you know, they might you also use it to explain where the mutants are or have been or why there aren't any mutants and only as i'm saying that now i want to say that's probably not going to be the case only because kevin feige did announce i mean obviously they're going to do fantastic four and x-men eventually they have the rights Mm. to these massive characters and franchises but they said here's a fantastic four movie it's coming by the guy who is directing the next spider-man and the last two spider-man and that movie doesn't come out for another year so we're not getting fantastic four until at least 2023 and that's if they really move and that seems to be the focus now out of the two that they're reintegrating into the mcu fantastic four is going to get the nod ahead of the x-men so surely they're not going to do a tease in this and then not pay it off for four or five years yeah i'm i'm happy for them to take a while to just spitball storyboard and figure out a really good believable way to get mutants into the mcu Mm. um yeah it's gonna be a real no one's you're not gonna you're never gonna please everybody with whatever they do there's gonna be a certain faction of us x-men hardcore sweaties that aren't gonna be happy um so yeah Mm. it's gonna be very interesting to see what they keep and what they don't um a lot of a lot of stuff i've read recently is is saying in the same way inhumans were activated by the terrigen mist which we've covered which you know got covered off of in agents of shield they're saying very much like wanda and pietro mutants are activated by the could be in the mcu be activated by the infinity stones and the snap activated all these mutants that are going around so like, I, I kind of like that, but then it does lose any backstory if they're all brand yeah. new. But then the flip side yeah. of that is if a mutants have been around for ages, where have they been during all these, you know, um, extinction-level events? So it's, it's mm. going to be a really hard thing to try and balance. And also the fact that, and this is something that um, has been a, a bit of a bugbear for me for years in terms of, in the comics, the Fantastic Four and the Avengers have always been celebrated by people. People are fans of them. Like, even in, in the Spider-Man movies, you see there's robbers that have, like, a Thor mask and a, and a Hulk mask and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, why, yeah. why do people celebrate these superheroes and why are mutants feared and hated and and tried to keep down and they need them to be registered and all that kind of stuff? So... Yeah. But obviously, we've already done Civil War and mutants were supposed to be a big part of, of the original sort of Civil War. So I guess there is a we have experienced a little bit of that in people wanting the Avengers to be registered, any superheroes to be registered, 
um, mm. for, for, for human, quote-unquote, human safety. So there are little things like that in there. Um, I have faith that Feige can, can figure it out, but, yeah, I'm not in any rush. I'd rather, I'd rather them take their time to figure it out an ironclad way that we're all going to believe it than just try and shoehorn it in way too quickly. Yeah, and I don't think this show needs to have that amount of pressure put on it. Like, I know it wasn't intended to be the first Marvel Plus TV series, or Disney Plus Marvel TV series, but, <laughs> uh, you know, they quickly knew that was going to be the case, and they still finished it as they were going to premiere it at the mm. end of the year and happily pushed back Falcon and Winter Soldier to undisclosed 2021 for the longest time. So they know what it is and what it's going to be, and I don't think it needs to be that. It just needs to be the first, hey, it's a TV series whether it's half hour episodes like Mandalorian or some 45 50 minute eps we'll, we'll soon see this needs to be a character thing yeah. and it's I mean it's about two characters it's literally about a relationship and loss and and moving on from that and it it already just the look of the trailer looks like it's going to be something different but just such a small story like that the movies for a long time haven't been able to focus on something so small so yeah. i think it needs to be that and slowly pave the way just like it's it's essentially now iron man uh for the disney plus tv series it needs to start small and then it'll branch out and show how big these small screen shows can be so um yeah january 15 we did get obviously get another little look and little teaser towards uh it from uh, you can check out uh online but i mean it's not enough new stuff that we need to really go in and and, and talk about so it's out in four weeks we can watch it then uh before hey. we move on to the next show black widow i just wanted to touch on that because they did bring it up you know we've had 100 trailers for that because it was already expected to have been on, out on Blu-ray and DVD by this stage. It would have been hitting Disney Plus probably in the next month uh, from its April theatrical release. But with all this, you know, hey, we've had Mulan. We've, we're going to have Pixar's Soul in a week go to Disney Plus and not to cinemas at all. Warner Brothers last week saying our entire 2021 film slate is going to HBO Max and theatres at the same time. Here in Australia, it won't affect us because we've got our shit together and we can still go to the movies and it's we're going to get it theatrically. But uh, you know, everyone's like, well, who's going to do that next? And Disney came out last week. It went bang, 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 all in the theatre. Not day and date with Disney Plus theatre and Black Widow was one of them. And everyone thought, yeah. oh, you know, they tested Mulan. They tested one of these live action Disney animated remakes. Um, and it didn't go so well for them financially. And again, strapping a $35 extra fee on it probably didn't help. But, you know, could Black Widow, this long-anticipated, give us this Black Widow film for the last 10 years, will it be the first one of the Marvel films shelved to Disney Plus? And they come out and they said a very resounding, no, it's coming out and we're going to get it in May 2021. Which I think is right because, like, yeah, a... I don't want to watch... I'm so excited for this movie, given that it's post-Civil War. I don't want to watch it on my rinky-dinky laptop. I want to watch it on no. the big screen. And I think there is a little bit of that sort of PC political pressure that, you know, Marvel have been a little bit lacking in their female superheroes, female-led superheroes. we got Captain Marvel, which has received fairly mixed reviews. Um, everyone loves Black Widow. So it's like for her, after 10 years, to finally get a Banner solo film... And then to just mm. bump it to Disney Plus, I think people would get their noses out of joint anyway with, yep. with that level of it. But I for sure, I just want to see it on the big screen. It, it, I don't care what Marvel movie it is, I want to see it on the big screen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the half these shows look like I'd rather see them on the big screen as mm. well. The way they're going, and and the next one would be 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, we hadn't really had anything more than some concept art and some leaked set photos for this yet. You know, WandaVision, we've had trailers for months. And while the filming did get pushed back for Falcon and Winter Soldier, I thought we might have had at least something, but we didn't get a trailer until this investors meeting and I was really looking forward to it and I think that's a lot of carryover from the fact that I and I know you do too love Captain America and mm. this is kind of like well he's done now and his legacy now is in the hands of his two best mates who don't necessarily get along and these two best friends from different eras and one of them was a brainwashed lunatic for decades and the other one is is a former like military soldier and uh where do they go now like captain america as a symbol but as a as an avenger as this hero said here here's my shield you go and take it up and and what we got told about this show for the last 18 months was that well this was going to be the government saying no 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 we captain America was named Captain America, you know, back in the 40s. But now that he's gone, we're going to tell you who Captain America is. And we're going to tell you who can use that shield and wear that costume and, and what that symbol means and what his message is. Whereas these guys, it's like, well, my mate gave it to me. Yeah. It's mine because of that. He's not he's not a, a, a law. He's not a right. You know, we're not going to vote Captain America in or anything. Um, I, I didn't get as much of that in this trailer, surprisingly. It was more about, hey, well, there's these two dealing with the legacy and the personal side of... Of, of getting the shield from Captain America and what that means. And maybe, again, we'll get more of well, why was Falcon chosen and not and not Bucky. But it was more about, well, here's some new threats. Well, one we knew about, Baron Zemo's coming back, which is cool because, you know, whether you loved him or, or hated him from, uh, from Civil War, just the fact that there's a carryover villain from the films that's coming in that has fought with these guys before, was very heavily involved in Bucky's story that he's not done with them just because they locked him up at the end of, of Civil War. He's one of the few bad guys that actually got to live, but he's also one of the few bad guys that actually succeeded. Like, he did exactly what he wanted to do, and now he's coming back in and will create more trouble for these guys and probably get a little bit more comic accurate in his look too, which would be kind of fun. And then you get these other masked people or whatever, but um, I just like the fact that we actually got a look at, uh, at these two characters getting their spin-off show for the first time and mm. you know the the really cool uh action piece at the end falcon you know I, I don't know whether he's actually getting away from bad guys when he jumps out of the plane and is dodging missiles or it's like some kind of weird training run um but uh yeah i i i, I really liked it but I'm, I'm wondering how much is just because i really wanted to like it i'm actually probably more hyped for this than a lot of other tv projects they're doing again probably because it's the Captain America hangover. So yeah. once maybe all the dust settles and I watch it and I'll be like, oh, was I really excited for this show? At this stage, I can't help but say, yes, I am. But I know that you know when I texted you about it and you had a few minor issues about it, mainly because of the look and worried about the budget and the, you know, it's a TV MCU big action piece as opposed to a movie thing. Yeah. How did you feel well, overall? Sam's new wings look spectacular. I absolutely love mm. his new wings, but his costume looked a little bit CW to me. It just looked a little bit... Ooh, I don't know. Yeah, material, you said that. Yeah, you're like fabric co- over like armour sort of thing, I yeah, think was, well, was your wording. Well, yeah, they, they normally he's normally more armoured up and very tactical and military looking. So I guess they're, they're straying away from that and trying to give him... But it just... I don't know. It just looked very... Like, maybe in leather it might look all right, but it just looked very fabric-y like, and yeah. loose fit. And I'm like... I don't know. That was my only kind of wince that I kind of had because the wings look spectacular. Winter Soldier looked great. 
I can confirm because I've seen they've actually already accidentally pre-released um, some mini-mates of um, mm. um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So there's a there's a Zemo figurine, and he does have the classic Zemo, like, purple balaclava sort of yeah, accessory. Cool. So there's a bit of that going on. And then the other bad guy being, like, Agent something or other, Agent... Agent M, Agent uh, I don't know, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's lost to me at the moment, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I'm just... Uh, yeah, it, I'm hoping for a, like a rush hour um, lethal weapon buddy cop. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm getting too old for this shit kind of, kind of vibe between the two. Given that, yeah, the one thing that held them together was Cap. That was the thing that, you know, brought them together. And I guess... I mean, it's not like they can you can say, like, oh, they're brought together by his memory because he's still alive mm. as far as we're aware. But yeah, they're obviously trying to protect his legacy and it looks interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm just uh, having a look at the, in the background at the trailer again. You're right with the with the costume, and it's funny that they would do that. I want to I want to hope there is a purpose to that because mm. it's the opposite of I guess what the problem we would have had as kids watching the first thing come my mind when you said fabric over armor. And in the opposite way, it was the Power Rangers, right? So when we first watched Power Rangers in '93 and '94, and they've got these, you know. Uh, plastic suits on essentially there's this material whatever it didn't look like it was armor it was just a big morph suit yeah and no pun intended and then come the film and they're getting around from the get-go in these fully armored up power rangers not even uniforms anymore they're like motocross combat ready patches of armor between leather and all that kind of stuff yeah, and it was like, why? The, well, hang on, when do they get it? As me as a child, I'm like, when do they get these costume upgrades? Mm. And then it took me a while. I'm like, oh, hang on, no. It's just because they've got a bigger budget. And those plasticky morph suits are going to look like shit on the big screen when they're taking on this like galactical threat I mean, like they Ivan shit on the and small stuff, screen. right? It's, it's like when you, when, yeah. you, when you saw the Japanese, <laughs> the original Japanese footage looked phenomenal. But then when you saw like the American footage shot in a park in Burbank yeah. in these ill-fitted yeah. sort of morph suits and... It just looks terrible. So yeah, you can't blame them. Yeah, you don't. You don't understand why sparks are coming off a morph suit, but on an armored thing in the movie, it makes total sense when they get hit. So, and then I remember actually after that too, I was like, oh, well, you know what? We're going to take these suits, and next season of Power Rangers, they're going to have these suits because this can. No, no, they went back no. to normal, and I'm like, god damn it. Yeah. Whereas in this, you'd think, well, you've got the suits ready. Why wouldn't you have them? And they've they've said, and we'll get more into it with the Star Wars side of things. That, I mean, the, the people behind the scenes of the Star Wars show were saying, we're treating this like a film. Like we're mm. not, we're sparing no, ex- we're we're using all of our budget, but we're we're treating this like there are no limits uh, within our budget for TV. You know, as opposed to making this film. So I want to say that Kevin Feige would want the same deal. You know, like they they he said this is proper true marvel tv that's tied into the mcu and and like you would have to watch two films to watch another three in the uh, in the movie franchise you're gonna have to watch these tv shows to make some of the movies make sense and vice versa so you'd want to think they'd carry on that um that continuity with the armor so i want to hope that 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 actually plays a role and it explains why and maybe they get stripped back of all that and that's why they have to just you know iron man three in a way it's like well are you who you are because of the armor obviously gets to keep the wings why would they give him a leather jacket but but, you know, whatever we'll find. Well, out. I guess I guess in Infinity War, you know, um, Widow Cap and Sam were on the run, so yeah. like you know, they were, and then they were, they were fugitives. But then it's like after the snap, well, Cap and and Widow were still there working, like they were back in Avengers um, Tower, Avengers 
what do you call it? The, the compound HQ, working yeah. there for five years during the snap. So I don't know if, you know, things changed when, when everyone came back or like, and they, they lost something. I don't, I don't know. And then, cause it's like in my head, I was going, Oh, is it maybe like the old Netflix days where the Netflix MCU stuff was very separate and even ages of shield, very separate from the movies. So like maybe there was some weird thing where they weren't allowed to use the movie suits and stuff in the TV shows, but then you go and look at WandaVision and Vision is movie accurate. Mm. I mean, they're in a lot of different costumes. I don't know that we saw Wanda in her like traditional battle sort of corset, I guess you'd call it, which I know, you know, um, Elizabeth Olsen's been trying to sort of, you know, hook that up and and put the ladies away as much as she can over the last few (laughs) years, which is fair enough. And I know you and I both love The Winter Soldier and just re-watching it before some of the cinematography and and even the tone as well seems to fit that winter soldier style which you know it's mm. by, it's far and away one of my favorite MCU films was my favorite for a long time I haven't I don't know where it would possibly sit at the moment but uh, if they could get back to that style and that tone yeah. for a 6 episode follow up somewhat to civil war post end game captain america story um it I mean only 6 episodes doesn't even sound like enough if that's the case yeah. so uh, hey, as long as we get a couple of really good born identity stuff fight scenes or daredevil style fight scenes i'll be happy that's that's what i expect i expect quippy stuff from sam and some kick-ass like wing choreography like they did in the start of civil war when he's using it as a shield for bullets and all that kind of thing that's what i expect from sam and i expect him to be giving shit to bucky and i expect bucky to give me some (laughs) badass like winter soldier born identity fight scenes as long as i get those two things i'm happy you talk about expectations. Uh, I certainly don't know what to expect out of this next one, and I'd be interested to see what you think. Uh, Loki. Now, it's another long gestating. We've known it's coming for a long time. Uh, Marvel TV series. Now, as we were teasing before, they're conveniently placing everything so that you can't ever unsubscribe from Disney Plus if you want to watch everything. <laughs> uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier premieres at March 19. Loki premieres May sometime, but it'll be, oh, a week or two after Winter Soldier wraps up. What a surprise. It, as long as it's been coming, we've never really known what it was going to be about. And the, the trailer resets up where it starts. Which was that scene midway through Endgame where, yeah, alternate universe or alternate timeline or reality or whatever version of Loki picks up uh, the Tesseract and disappears. So this will be a Loki that, you know, fans have always loved him since the first Thor movie in 2010 when he, or 2011, when he was a villain. But they've slowly taken the villain out of him. You know, 2013 uh, Thor 2, he had some heroic moments. He looked like he died heroically and sacrificed himself only to show that, what a surprise, he was a deceiver. And uh, there was, you know, some little dark moments in in Age of Ultron when he was in that dream sequence. And then Thor 3 comes back. He's it's following on from that uh, that de- that de- um, that deception in um, Thor two, and then he goes on and has some heroic moments along the way. He still is Loki enough, but is a, is kind of a hero by the end of it, and then sacrifices himself again in Infinity War. So our Loki that we've always known has changed since twenty twelve in the first Avengers. Endgame gives us this guy and strips him out of all of his future character development mm. and gives him the power of the Tesseract and six episodes to play with. And it's just like, what could this possibly be? Because they're going to want to give that less villainy Loki. Because like when okay, when he disappeared, he was still very much the villain. He was defeated, but he was very much the villain that just tried to take over the world, tried to kill his brother, 
all that fun stuff, but they're going to want to, I can't, I don't know, I can only think that they're going to want to make him that fun villain hero, villain hero Loki that we've come to know over the last five movies since then, but also make that happen very quickly from the guy that we last saw as a villain in, in, in Avengers. And this trailer too, as far as a story goes and trying to piece together what that character is going to be like and fit into a story. I don't know what the hell's going on here. Um, it, it, you know, not to bring up, you, you did mention in fairness, uh, the first uh, time in this podcast, uh, the DC uh, CW shows. And in there, they've got that Time Bureau and, and, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. It looks like there is that version of this. And I, I'm not a big Marvel Comics aficionado. I don't know the backstory and the ins and outs of all the weird and out there characters or anything. I don't pretend to be. But Owen Wilson shows up. He's in this elevator that goes to the top of nowhere. And time runs differently here. And Loki's like, well, you're going to go on all these like missions, seemingly, of what to pay for your crimes. I don't know. What the fuck is this story even about? It looks cool. And I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. But I don't know what the hell I'm going to be watching. Yeah, I kind of I only got a little bit of context um, from an Instagram post I saw that kind of put... Um, Owen Wilson next to his comic counterpart of like Morius B. Morius or something like that and some director of some time time council time direct whatever so yeah it's obviously going to be cleaning up alternate realities and timelines so maybe yeah little offshoot realities created by the time heist from Endgame and all that kind of stuff the interesting part for me is look I've, I've never been a Loki fangirl like Tom Hiddleston mm. does a great job, but Loki's never been a character that I get excited every time he comes on screen. Mm. If, if anything, I actually kind of was a little bit annoyed with, with Ragnarok in that we lost two really great characters for the sake of that. Like, with Hela, Hela is Loki's daughter with death, not their sister mm. in the comics. And she also seemed to be an amalgamation of Hela and another great um, Thor villain, um, Amora the Enchantress whose side who's yeah. you know like side muscle is scourge and i really wanted to see amora and scourge i think that would be great um because amora very much runs the honeypot she's she's very she's she's she is to thor as is as in catwoman is to batman like it's this flirty will they won't they but she's evil but is she not it? like and we were kind of robbed all of that and had loki in there which was fine like you know it was still it was still a really enjoyable movie but yeah, given the TV series, like you were saying, Loki's been stripped of all that character progression, and I feel like the main thing that that brought him to be like that anti-hero was the death of his mother in um, Lost World, which this Thor, mm. this this Loki's not going to have gone through. And I feel like that was to me that yeah. was his turning point was the the mourning that you see him going through, putting up those those barriers, those illusion barriers to hide like the heartbreak that you know that he felt inside for the loss of his mother he's not going to have gone yeah. through that so that it'll be interesting to see to, like how do how do these time bureau people keep him in line like he can do whatever the hell he wants so it's it's going to be very very interesting mm. it's going to be weird uh i still i still think wandavision is going to be weirder um WandaVision <laughs> yeah. definitely gives me like <laughs> legion vibes more than anything else um so yeah i i don't know what to expect with with the loki stuff but i mean tom hiddleston has such a following that i think it's it's going to do well he's, he's and i beloved. love that someone yeah and I, I love that he wants to stick around like you know I, I still get caught up i know that i'm you know i'm in my mid 30s and i understand that people 
don't want to do the same thing forever in any job, really. I mean, most people, they want to, you know, whether it's personal development or just, you know, career growth or whatever, you want to, you want to challenge yourself, you want to do different things. But I still get caught up as being that like childhood fanboy and couldn't stand when actors didn't reprise their roles and then you find out when you're a little bit older or they chose not to do that or they were they were cast aside you know by the by the director or the studio or whatever you know contracts and money got in the way and and i'm like god i just want i remember talking to my brother who you know we've had him on the show before and he's an actor and i've always i said to him when he first got into the biz and i'm like if you ever get a role like that don't you ever not play it like forever you know and that's such a like it was such a stupid childhood thing to to talk about but you know, I loved reading, and back in two thousand and early two thousand and eight, there was an Empire magazine article that I still remember so vividly of Robert Downey Jr. talking about, and this is obviously before, like before the movie came out, so before he really got that career resurgence, and him saying, "I loved making this so much, I want to make seventeen of these films." And I remember seventeen is such a weird number, but him saying, "I would make seventeen <laughs> of these movies," and me thinking, "Well, that's ridiculous. It'd be nice to see you stick around for more than a trilogy because Hollywood just seems to be at that time so married to the idea of if you're going to do more than one, you do three, and then that's it, you know. And then the MCU comes out and it's like, "Oh, we're going to do, you know." 10 trilogies and they're all going to tie into the one sort of it's they're all going to be chapters of one giant story and now shared universes are all the rage um but the idea that he did stick around for a lot and then cap stuck around for a lot and then all these actors have stuck around and you know like tom hiddleston again he's making some good money i'm sure and it is still the same character he's probably under contract but at the same time like a tv show really you're going to get your own tv show to play this character where you know robert denny jr came out the other day and said i think i've done all i can with iron man and I don't know whether someone asked him, is he coming back or, or what the guy was, but whoever it was said, you know, asked him about it. And he said, no, you know, obviously he's dead, um, but he's done all he thinks that he can do uh, with that character. So he's happy to, to move on. So someone like Tom Hiddleston, who before that seemed like such a great, you know, drama actor, theatrical actor, like a low key doing small projects guy that he still wants to keep playing this role. And it seems like he has a lot of fun with it. So that tells me enough about the show that I need to know. It's like, well, this is just going to be a fun show. And looking well, yeah, at the still they, at the moment... Don't the, they always the, say um, it's always more fun to play the villain? So, you know, yeah. maybe he's just having... Maybe if, he, maybe if if he'd gotten the Thor part, like when he initially auditioned yeah. for Thor and got it, he'd be over it by now. But because yeah. he's playing the villain, he's like, yeah, this is fun. And you think about a lot of the films that he's been in, he hasn't had a huge part in a lot of them. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, so I guess he, he definitely hasn't had as much screen time as someone like RDJ. So, yeah, I guess he's, he's still happy to, to play in the play in the kiddie pool. He might be done after Loki after, like, you know, a, um, a series like that. I mean, it's a limited series, but maybe after that he'd be like, okay, yeah, I think I'm kind of done now. Um, yeah. Well, there yeah. was a, a report not too long ago that Loki was getting renewed for a second season, even though it was unknown months away from the first show um, getting a premiere or even maybe finishing production of the first season. So I'm just wondering now, I'm looking at the, at the, at the title of all things and all the different fonts and symbols that are making up the word Loki. And at the end of the trailer, all those letters switch around to different fonts, different styles, different animation, all this. And so I'm thinking, is that a teaser to the story? Is is he not only going back and fixing things, is he going to be changing the timeline on these missions? Is he going to be having to fix maybe his own mistakes or something? And, and maybe, if not, is that second season, if it's a real thing, 
if they, even if they don't have a story, are they seeing that as a potential way of incorporating stuff? Now, I don't see Loki going back in time and seeing the inception of Apocalypse and the mutant line so that then they can just come forward to 2025 or whatever and go, oh, mutants have always been around, but no one here in the present day ever knows that they didn't exist except for a different timeline until Loki fixed it. But they could use a time-traveling villain like Loki, who is both in the films and in the TV series, like fix stuff, plot holes from the films or insert stuff that we need inserted in the past that the movies should have covered, but that we need to help set up future films or explain stuff. So I don't know, maybe they'll just utilize that tool, but otherwise, yeah, I just, it, again, it was another fun trailer. And what I liked because it was really, I know we got kind of a trailer of the what if series and we had a sizzle reel of Miss Marvel and all that, but uh, out of the three main trailers of Loki, uh, WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, all of them had such a different, feel to them they had yeah. a different look at this it oh I, I you know i mean again naysayers will go all three of them look exactly the same shut your mouth you pleb and i i'm not gonna argue with that but for me watching them i'm like i think i watched loki last and i'm like god this feels different to what wandavision just looked like and oh damn it looks so much different to falcon and winter soldier so i don't need to know what it looks like it's marvel you've already got my money okay i'm a, I'm, a, I'm an absolute shill for disney just take my money but um yeah i like it enough to go yeah that looks like it warrants a tv series if they're gonna rely on an established character yeah i mean if 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 you can't tell the difference in between how different like daredevil and jessica jones are like those were mm. such different themes and styles and shot so differently like if you can't recognize that well then you're not going to recognize the difference between wandavision winter soldier and, and falcon and um and loki so yeah you know i mean i saw people and i guess we, if we're headed into into she hulk hulk i've seen people when when like marvel posted it on their on their instagram people were like oh there's a she hulk now is there oh yeah pc warriors <laughs> going crazy and i'm just like that's people who clearly don't know. They just don't know yeah. that she's been around for like 50 years. Like people just don't get it. Yeah. So and look, they're, they're going to criticize agree. what they don't understand. Yeah. And it is, uh, a, a, all intents and purposes, it is a ridiculous name. Um, but the fact that they are sticking with it and they're not renaming it because it does, mm. oh, she, she can't be her own name. She has to be the she version of that, you know, that they are just sticking with that. Go, no, well, that's what the, that's who the character is. And by that's owning that... That's what she was that, named in the 70s. Yeah, not a, you know, probably by these today's standards, yeah, She-Hulk, not great. But yeah. that's been her name since the 70s. So what what, what are you going to call it? Hulkette? Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. Or just, like, you come up with another completely thing that's not going to tie her into it. Because then when they show that, you know, Mark Ruffalo is going to be there, and I assume as the Hulk as well, and then you're going to have the Abomination as they realise that there's enough Hulk tie-ins that she's the character is the cousin of Bruce Banner. It's like, well, why wouldn't she have some kind of, you know, Hulk name or something like that? Well, I don't know. And and, that, she may not even be called it. If you go, if you look at yeah. Cap Captain Marvel, it was like there was that joke towards the end of the film where... Nick Fury calls her that and she goes Marvel because she named herself after Marvel the Cree. So yeah. and it was only like in um Far From Home when when Peter calls her Captain Marvel like she she doesn't go by Captain Marvel mm. like at no point has she said hi I'm Captain Marvel. So it could be a very similar thing with She-Hulk. She'll be just be like oh, hi I'm oh, I've forgotten the the character's name now. That's Jennifer Walters. I've just looked Jennifer at Jennifer Walters. Yeah. 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 So she's like hi I'm I'm Jennifer. Like mm. 
you know. And so many, I mean, they, they kind of do a lot of that already anyway um, in the MCU. I'm just even looking back at the, one of these shows, Falcon. I don't think he's ever, like, certainly when he was first introduced, they, it was just the paperwork of, like, the Falcon program. And it might have even, it wasn't yeah, even, Yeah, it was like a code a, name for the know, wingsuit. Yeah, it, F-A-L-C-O-N program or whatever. Like, they didn't go, oh, you're the Falcon. And whenever they yell out to each other, hey there, Falcon. Like, you know, there's Sam, you know. Wilson, whatever. Like, they don't have to utilize these superhero names. Yeah, well, it's just I, there I think for in, um, in Infinity War, when, there's like, when they're in Wakanda, the big dome is up, and War Machine is about to do his, like, run. He's like, Sam, fall back, or you, your wings will get singed. Yeah. Like, he's not calling yeah. him Falcon. And I, no. I dare say, Rhodey doesn't really get called War Machine a lot either. No. Like, I mean, they brought that up to make fun of it when he, you know, was, was the first mention of it when that was his password, like War Machine Rocks or something um, in Iron Man so, 3, yeah. like to hack into his suit or... Um, yeah, I mean, they'd mentioned it before that, but it's never like he's like, call me the War Machine or anything. Like, it's just... You know, it's a silly name. We don't need to reference it, but the fact that they're actually putting it on a title card, I actually... I know, I kind of applaud them for that. And and yeah, again, not to, not to mention the other side of the coin there, but like um, the, the CW, the shows and stuff, like many have called Supergirl instead of that social justice girl uh, with the way some of the, the show really on the nose, um, you know, tries to fix things in society. But I think very early on, uh, uh, Supergirl, but in her alter ego and talking to Calista Flockhart's character and Calista Flockhart was there going, Supergirl, why would she call her that? Why wouldn't she call herself Superwoman? That's so much more of a, it's a, you know, why say girl? It just seems so, you know, I forget how she worded it. And, and Kara version of Supergirl said, well, no, I think she's owning the fact that, you know, she's Supergirl because her cousin's Superman. She doesn't have to be Superwoman. She can be Supergirl. And it's like, yeah, this, these day and age, you might not create a character called Supergirl. You might not create a character called She-Hulk. But the fact that it is that in history, they're just owning that. And it's traditional, whatever. And we're just taking that. We're not going to reinvent that much of it. We're going to be proud of what we had back in the day. It might not have pleased everyone. It might not please everyone now, but we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to roll with it. Yeah. Uh, also, and I guess, yeah, we're going to get, better get through the rest of this Marvel stuff pretty quick because I didn't want this to be a three-hour podcast, but it's got uh, a threat of doing so. But um, the only other <laughs> one that we really got a, 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 a big sort of live action look at was uh, Miss Marvel, which I didn't even know that I'd, I probably knew that was actually in production yet, but they uh, they confirmed that it would be coming in late 2021. Uh, obviously, very the character quick, was she only very quick. Cast a couple, of, maybe a month ago, like it was announced Barely, that a she month was ago. cast. So yeah, it was they, around they about the same. Running. Yeah, it was around about the same time as Maslani for uh, for She Hulk, or at least the fake out mm. um, casting. But uh, yeah, obviously the, the the video game came out a few months ago. Um, Kamala Khan was uh, the main character of that. I don't know her. A terrible amount, but I and I've, I haven't finished that game, but I actually really enjoyed her as a character in the game, and I guess her being almost a representation of a viewer or a reader where she's obsessed with these superheroes, and I think in the um, actual synopsis or at least a teaser came out um, since the investors meeting and saying that she is you know, this, this, and this, and uh, a fan fiction scribe. Like, she actually does love these characters so much, whether she's got her own blog and she's making up stories and stuff, which, you know, I've seen in the video game, whether it's a thing in the comics or whatnot, that she writes these uh, fan fiction stories that I like that 
she's going to be that and it is going to be this young girl and obviously you know a, a different type of hero uh and and nationality than we've seen which they're very proud of and uh, and um i know i've seen online a, a few people hammering the fact that this this sizzle reel was just like it wasn't really a teaser or anything it was just showing look we're not racist we're casting a lot of different yeah. brown people in this show and we're white people so that makes us fine but i don't know I, she looks fun i don't i've never seen the actress before i don't know anything about the character aside from what i saw in the video game but um it looks like it'll be fun in completely different ways than the other three shows will be and might even be more for my kids than it will be for me as opposed to Falcon and Winter Soldier will definitely be for me and not for mm. my children. Yeah. I, I'm i not a huge fan of Ms. Marvel based on the stuff that I've seen, which, having said that, I, I'm told the comic is phenomenal. Uh, it's a really, really, really good read and I, I do want to uh, check that out. My only sort of interactions with, with Kamala Khan have been um, the Avengers Assemble um, cartoon, uh, which... She, she kind of graded me in that, in just the 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 fangirly, um, gushy, social media obsessed kind of that. No matter who the character is, if if you're obsessed with Instagram and and hashtags yeah. and that kind of stuff, <laughs> you're gonna annoy me. So yeah, wasn't a fan with that. And then I've played um, Lego Avengers that had her in it, which I think is the same voice actress who voiced her in Avengers Assemble. So it would make sense that. Mm. I don't. Maybe it's just that particular voice actress's interpretation of the character that that is grading yeah. on me. Um, because yeah, that's really the only interactions I've had with her, and I've, I haven't been a fan. That in like her power set, like like Mister Fantastic has always been my least favorite of all of the Fantastic Four, and she kind of has a lot of his power. She just has the stretchy powers, and she is super strong as well, which is great. Um, which should change it up a little bit, but yeah, the the power set doesn't excite me. But yeah, I'm interested to see how how it goes. Like it, it, to see if this, because in the same way that Captain Marvel or Ms. Mar- the original Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers was one of my favorite characters because of the way she connected to the X Men. Like I re- I quite enjoyed for the most part Brie Larson's interpretation. Um, but then like Captain Marvel in or Ms. Marvel in um, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon that was in like 2010. I loved that. I loved that Carol. And then the Avengers Assemble Carol, I didn't like as much, mainly because of the voice acting. Like, I didn't... Mm. So it could just be something as simple as that. So I'm always intrigued to see a new interpretation of a character to see whether one that I don't like wins me over or one that I do like I don't like. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. The the one thing that, that does irk me with her character is... She has no connection to Captain Marvel whatsoever, but she like names herself Ms. Marvel because she is she's like Syndrome from The Incredibles. Like she's such a <laughs> hardcore fan of Captain Marvel, she names herself Ms. Marvel out of like this sense of respect and all when she's never even met her. So that that's a little bit yeah. it's a little bit the call is coming from inside the house. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, and who knows? I mean they actually said when they first announced the show was coming that it would... I mean, the other shows that we're seeing are spin-offs of the movies. This is the first based-in-TV character that we've that we've had in the MCU. And, that, and Kevin Feige said from the get-go, oh, yeah, whoever we cast, she'll be in the films as well. She'll go from her own TV series into the films. And among this announcement, when they did um, confirm... Uh, Captain Marvel 2 was coming and when it's coming that Aman Vellani who is playing uh, Kamala Khan in the TV series she's already been confirmed to be in Captain Marvel 2 so who knows maybe mm. like oh, any of the heroes that don't actually get their 
their names. Maybe maybe she doesn't ever name herself Miss Marvel. Maybe Captain Marvel gives it to her or something like that. That'd or, be I nice. don't know. Maybe that'd maybe. be a nice touch. Um, the other the other disconnect for me was is she has the lightning bolt sort of logo on her chest, yep. which is a throwback to when Carol Danvers was Ms. Marvel in like that, or sorry, it was uh, Ms. Marvel or even War- Warbird when she was in like the black one piece uh, bikini, like swimsuit with the lightning bolt, which they've kind of taken out of the new continuity of, of Carol Danvers as the new Captain Marvel with the full red suit. So there's, there's some, there's some weird disconnects. It, it may explain those in the, in the comic that I haven't read, but, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued to see what happens. I'll quickly burn through the other confirmation stuff that we got, which is a lot. It's taking up a whole page. I'm looking at an article that I wrote um, <laughs> from my actual work website, and just to because it was try it was crammed in as much as I possibly could, and it's still so long. Uh, July 2021 release date for Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. That will be a theatrical release. Well, the cast was shown. You were like frothing over the cast, which is oh just... Michelle Yeoh and uh, Simu Liu. You've got me there. Yeah, like, I love Simu Liu in Kim's Convenience, um, and I love Michelle Yeoh from all her work even her work in star trek isn't that bad like she's one of the yeah <laughs> so i'm sold i'm sold on. i was already sold on that with simu but you add michelle yo to that i'm sold yeah oh me too yeah as november 2022 so we're two years away release date for captain marvel 2 uh christian bale is kind of like the worst kept secret i thought it had been confirmed months ago but it's not uh he will be playing the villain so himself for <laughs> Zing! Oh, hello! (laughs) (laughs) He will be playing Gore the God Butcher, uh, which is a very un... Well, at least in the face, anyway. Unhuman-like looking character, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with him and how much of the real him will still be present uh, on screen. And obviously, it's Taika Waititi writing and directing that film, so who knows what we're going to get. Uh, the title for the third Ant-Man film will be Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Boom, cue some <laughs> 80s-like soundtrack over the top of that bad boy. Uh, as you said before, Catherine Best has been cast in the role previously played by two other actresses, but one, Emma Thurman, who only briefly got a taste of her in Avengers Endgame. And you're like, oh, well, there you go. There's our future statue. There's our future uh, young, um, uh, young Miss... Uh, Miss, uh, what's her name? Um, Cassie Lang. 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 Cassie Lang. And, no, no, no. She's one and done. And they've got Catherine Best, too. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of her. Pretty Little um, pretty little Lies. Uh, Not yeah, that at all. Big Little lies. lies. Big oh. Little Lies. Uh, she's in Freaky in cinemas at the moment. Is um, that the sequel she's... to Pretty Little Lies? No, how dare you line up those two shows. <laughs> uh, as we said, Tatiana Maslane, she'll be playing Jennifer Walters in She-Hulk. Oh, just pause. Um, I did read, apparently, the um, the actress who played Cassie Lang in Endgame found out that she wasn't that she got recast the same time we all did. Ah, oh, stop it. I mean, I here I was thinking, that's a tough call to make. And who makes that? Kevin Feige? Does uh, Peyton Reed, the director, call up and say that? Like... How much say does he have on on a character yeah. that he's been helping develop along the way? I mean, she was a child in the first two Ant Man films, who, but who to me was the perfect Cassie call. Lang, like little young Cassie, the young Lang. girl. She was awesome, man. She was, she was so amazing. good because she was always so she was only ever acting acting around adults, and like those adults included Paul Rudd and Michael Pena, like just quick fire, you know, uh, comedians yeah. uh, essentially in these movies, and she was able to keep up with them and keep up with the likes of other you know villainous characters or Evangeline. Yeah. Lily and stuff. It's just like she she in was combat so boots perfect, and a tutu. So. That's when she that's yeah. when she stole my heart. Combat and I think missing a tooth a as well. Like she was cute as hell, but also tough as hell. So yeah, I know yeah. they're like twice twice sort of left behind some uh, some great Cassie oh, Langs. Well. I guess I guess uh, that that takes that takes the um 
the title from Rhodey. Yeah. The, the, the character being recast in the MCU. Now Cassie Lang holds the title. Abomination coming back uh, for the She-Hulk series, which is cool because obviously he he did live, he did survive the Incredible Hulk back in 2008. But it's also a nice, you know, I know that they've brought back obviously General Ross um, from that film, but that could just be General Ross. Whereas now that you're bringing back Tim Roth as the Abomination, it's like, oh no, we're really acknowledging that that is a part of the continuity. Even though it's a universal Marvel film, it's still part of the MCU, which... Mm. I think people like to forget about it because it was Edward Norton and not Mark Ruffalo, uh, for better or worse. But, um, yeah, I think you only, if you watch the uh, short film, you know, one-shots on the Blu-rays, you knew that the abomination was actually who the government wanted to put on the Avengers team. They wanted Mm. Nick Fury to have him, not the Hulk. Like, whether or not S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted the Hulk or not, they didn't want the abomination, but the government did because he was a soldier. And they're like, we can talk this guy around to being a good guy. And that only through um, that scene between uh, Tony Stark and General Ross at the end of Incredible Hulk, did General Ross actually decide to keep him locked up and said, no, you can't have him sort of thing. And I think a, a comic since then, another official tie-in comic, revealed that um, he's been locked up in the raft, which we saw in yeah. Civil War. So that's where the Abomination's been for the last 12, and I guess as far as continuity goes, will be like 17 years or so by the time we actually um, see this series, or, or 15 years or something by the time the show oh, comes look, maybe out. So. He got, maybe he got snapped out, and, you know, so yeah. five, five of that he wasn't aware of, but time served. Time <laughs> That'd served. be nice, yeah. Well, you'd hope so, because yeah. maybe the people that feed him died in the snap, and then he would have sat there just, you know, he would have died off. So What, what I'm hoping for there is we get um, perhaps a, a setup for the Thunderbolts. Yes. Being like a, a separate group of Avengers run by, um, by Ross. Or what I'm really hoping for is obviously Red Hulk. Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah. Becoming Red Hulk. I think if you're gonna bring him back for a t- if you're gonna bring Ross back for a TV show, that's where you have to go. If you're gonna bring him back for a Hulk yep. show, and obviously more Hulks coming, like the fact that we're gonna have She Hulk, so there's gonna be an Abomination. There's gonna be three quote unquote Hulks yeah. there. We might get a bomb. Who knows? A bomb's a great character, but yeah, give us um, give us Red Hulk. Give us a good budget for that show. If you're going to have three big CGI things going on, or at least two and a half, um, you want those effects looking good. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy are getting a holiday special because, of course, they are, uh, is what I wrote on my uh, initial article. Um, so it's not Guardians of the Galaxy 3, although that would be a very funny way to go from, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 to Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. I just would probably fit, um, but it's not, so it'll be a Disney Plus special and... James Gunn is again writing and directing it because Disney definitely loved James Gunn and we sacked him, but we didn't. So we're bringing him back to do everything he wants to do. Um, so that'll be um, interesting. I, and then I also- still have PTSD over the Star Wars Lego Christmas special, so I can't even talk about this. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, I haven't seen that either. I've, whenever I hear holiday special, I guess it's like the word prequel people don't like because they associate it with the Star Wars prequels, which although they are so much more accepted nowadays um, that at the time, people hated them and so people hate the term prequels and it's like holiday special i can only ever think of the star wars initial 1970 mm. whatever special that i was never aware i've never seen it uh, but only hear about how like monumentally bad it is so yeah, yeah you're right it's got a better than the lego version aura. okay oh okay um yeah. maybe i don't want to check it out don't even don't even let the boys watch it do not even let the boys watch it <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, good. <laughs> not to be outdone by Baby Yoda, Baby Groot has scored, which I guess he's not really Baby Groot anymore. He's kind of Teenage Groot, but Groot mm. is getting his own series of short stories to premiere on Disney+. Plus. So that'll be interesting in the sense it's like, well, you've got a character who only says three words or five, depending on how you look at it, um, and he's going to interact with other one? characters. Well, we are we are Groot. So oh we yeah, are, we are. I am Sorry, Groot, yeah. In my head, R and M was the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I got yeah. stuck on that for an embarrassingly amount uh, of uh, of a long time. So uh, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what to make of that. So I'm just going to leave that until we get some kind of uh, idea of what the hell that's going to be. Um, Mahershala Ali's Blade. Um, nothing on that except that it will be a feature film. Because when they come and they go, hey, Ali's going to star as Blade. I'm like, we knew that a year ago. But it's definitely going to be a film and it's not going to be a Disney Plus or Star, which is another thing. We probably don't have time to get into the podcast today, but there are rated content or Hulu or something in the States. Uh, it is going to be a feature film, which is great. Um, and they will not be recasting the role of T'Challa for Black Panther 2 following Chadwick Boseman's death and that the film will instead focus on, quote, other rich characters within the world of Wakanda. Um, I mean, I really wanted to push on through this Marvel stuff, but I, yeah, I, I've been one. I mean, we, you and I, have, I remember you and I and Lincoln and a few of the other members in the team reaching out to each other the day we got the news of, uh, of Boseman passing away, like, I mean, tragically, like uh, uh, suddenly for us, because no one knew that he was he was ill at all, let alone suffering from what he was suffering from. But um, you know, while we weren't screen rant putting up an article two hours later, going who should they recast as Black yes. Panther? Um, yes. I couldn't. I mean, it couldn't help but wonder though. It's like, oh, what are Marvel going to do? You know, what are they what are they going to do eventually? And now that it's been a couple of months, and I didn't actually think at all that they would. I, I didn't wasn't thinking about it to think that they wouldn't do it by choice or anything. I mean, of course they would. If they've got this big thing going on, they would probably have to touch on it because it is a movie that's coming out soon. They reckon they're going to start shooting in uh, in mid-2021. But where did you think they were going to go? Uh, we'll talk about what they're actually doing. Where did you think they were going to go? Did you think they were going to recast or move on? It's It's a really double-edged sword because for me it was like, well... He's such an important character for him to quote unquote die off screen and us just see the the mourning process of that on screen feels I don't know, feels like something's missing. It's like he, he deserves more than that. But then the flip side of that is well trying to do some kind of motion capture or, or like they did with um uh, Carrie Fisher and stuff like that, or yeah. some kind of recasting would just seem disrespectful in a way. So mm. I really just, I had no idea. Like, I, I saw, okay, well, I guess they really just kind of have to take time and figure out, look, can we can we still tell this huge interconnected story without him and, and bring Shuri? Because, you know, in the comics, Shuri does become Black Panther. So that that makes sense. But how do you get there? In a, in, it's such a fine line in how do you get there in a respectful way that also tells an interesting story. And, and it's... it's mm. It's it's an impossible decision. So, yeah. you know, I just, I don't know how, how it, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. It, yeah. You know, every, everyone was so excited about the idea of T'Challa um, marrying Storm when the X-Men, you know, you know, came into the, into the franchise. So we can't really mm. sort of have that aspect now. Um, but I feel like, I feel like they've been setting up Black Panther to be like the new leader of the, of the Avengers, so we we still need a Black Panther. But what do you do? 
Yeah. Like, I, I mean, you know, we I just know. we just touched on the fact that, you know, they did recast Rhodey from Iron Man to Iron Man 2. And, you know, putting aside Terrence Howard, who was like a third or fourth build character from the very first Iron Man film and no one knew what he was going to be and then just be Don Cheadle ever since is a completely different story. Oh, completely. To, I mean, that was like a to, contractual money-related thing. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm not pretending they're the same thing, but just purely on the... Re- I don't know. I I was the same boat. Like, I don't know Black Panther from the comics or anything. I've never read one. I only know him from a couple of animated stories and through... The movie, which mm. I loved, I loved his introduction in Civil War. He just he was a scene stealer in that, and you just begged for more of that character, um, both as T'Challa and as Black Panther. You just wanted to, if anything, in Civil War, I love T'Challa more than I love Black Panther because I'm like, oh, cool, another guy that can jump and kick and has pe- strong powers and wears a cool suit. I loved T'Challa, and I loved yeah. Chaswick Boseman as this son mourning for his father and wanting revenge even though you could tell again i don't know that he's now the king of this secret african country that's been hidden from the world forever and that he's got this huge long line legacy to live up to and any of that stuff i don't know any of it i could just tell this is a guy who needs to think a lot more smartly than what he is uh, and I know that I ironically said smartly when I'm trying to sound smart, but uh, he needs to act better than what he is, and he should not be thinking about revenge. He needs to sit back and take the Jedi way. Don't think about the dark side. Like think without emotion and act in the. And, and then by the end, he did that right thing where he actually stopped the guy he was wanting to kill unknowingly the whole time he was trying to kill this bad guy he just thought it was the wrong guy stopped him from killing himself going you don't get to get out of this that easily you know you need to serve um justice needs to be served and you need to pay for your um pay for your crimes and then obviously and what i love so much about black panther was that it was an origin story of sorts or it was the the first film for this character in many ways but was also a sequel at the same time because we had not because we'd seen him in another film but the actual film itself felt like we'd seen an entire Black Panther movie before and whether because yeah. he got the new suits and he got all these different upgrades and and the story seemed to take on this new step whether we integrate with the real world and stuff I'm like that feels like a sequel these are sequel changes and you know, we didn't well, get enough in, of him in a way, in the we first... got his origin in Civil War by yeah. him taking over the mantle of Black Panther from his father like yeah, that that's the origin right there. Like it's 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 a long line of Panthers. He took over. You know, um, he was probably already active as the Panther. His father was sort of getting on in years anyway. So I met, and he yeah. already had the suits. I imagine he was already active as the Panther for a while, but he wasn't also the King of Wakanda. So it's like we almost mm. got his origin story in Civil War. So I think that's why the original, like the first Black Panther film, felt like it was a sequel. And I think Marcus and McFeely are the writers of, of the Avengers films and a lot of the Captain America ones, or all the Captain America ones as well. Um, they they said, following Infinity War, uh, oh, we wish we knew, because it came out months after Black Panther did, um, so there's no way they could change it. They said, we wish we would have known how much of an impact Black Panther was going to make as a film, and we probably would have incorporated him a little bit more into Infinity War, mm. because he's just... He felt like he was hardly ever there. And then he dies off and he comes back at the end in a like amazing comeback moment with the portals opening and stuff. And it's still goosebump um, sort of stuff. But it wasn't his film. It was the payoff, the send off of the original Avengers. So it was like, okay, good. Now with that out of the way, oh man, the future is bright. And 
for that and the not to just we want him there so that he can marry another powerful soon to be in the universe um superhero in storm and have super children and stuff but again stuff that we haven't explored in other films within x-men x-men couldn't go and have storm halle berry marry black panther who the friggin' hell's black panther but i i just felt like yeah this his that character's future was so much bigger and I think even I, th- I I I say there was that knowing him, but just the way that Chadwick Boseman seemed to come along, and he knew the impact the character had. And again, the character was one of many in that story, and that story was so impactful to a big part of the community and the and and the globe, many people watching it, all that sort of stuff, you know, for inclusivity and diversity and recognition and and all that on the big screen and all that sort of stuff. And I get that, um, and that's what makes me want to think that Chadwick Boseman would say, well. I'm not bigger than the character. The character is what's important, you know, and his story is what's important. The film is what's important. Yes, he's the king. He's the one that everyone went up to and were kind of forever in the in the streets and stuff to the point where he goes, God, how many times am I going to have to do this in my career? He's happy to do it, but he's like, I never knew that I would have to do that, you know, forever. Um, but he seemed so willing to be the face of whatever it was that he needed to be for so many people that I would say that that guy would argue himself i'm not bigger than the character the character is bigger than me no and no actor is bigger than the character no actors you know in in many ways they shouldn't you know stop making films altogether because the person who played the you know the the character um declined the role or died or something like that but it, it's so tricky who who do you then yeah. pick up do you pick up someone like you, you like if, shove if, in if, someone yeah if if they had uh, chadwick's blessing if he'd have said you know what I'm happy to pass the torch, you know, recart what I don't think they have a problem, but it's just that not knowing, trying to be respectful. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're really like going to ask his family if they think it'd be okay to, you know, it's too soon yeah. for a lot of that for the, for his close family who would still be mourning. It's too soon for any of that kind of talk. Um, mm. so, but obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's a business and they've, and they've got to keep moving forward. So it, I think that the hardest part would be for all the, the cast and crew on Black Panther 2, like going to work and him not being there. I think that would yeah. be the, the hardest part for them. And like, who would, who would want to take that role in, at the end of the day? Oh, it's like, yeah. it's, you know, cause there's always going to be, there's always going to be criticism. It's like, oh, they've just recast another black man. You know, we're all interchangeable. You can just they yeah. did it. They did it with Rhodey. They did it in Sense Eight. They had a character who they just a black a black male character. They just recast for the second season and didn't didn't mention it at all. It it happens mm. a lot. So I understand that it's a very touchy subject for people. That particular thing of just oh, it's another interchangeable black man. Just cast another person and keep going on. And so I, I, I appreciate that they're sort of pausing and like, well, we, we don't, we don't want to do that. We don't want to diminish his contribution because I think it's, it was a huge contribution to. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky, man. And the thing was, like, I got caught up thinking about people who, oh, well, if they do recast, then I like these people, and and it was, you know, there's so many you could choose from, but it was, it was just happened to be people that I'm watching, you know, and um, mm. I mean, we didn't mention it before. I'm talking about Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, um, Kang the Conqueror, um, another great Marvel villain oh, is yeah, going to be in right. that, and Jonathan Majors is going to play him, an actor that I'd never, I don't think I'd ever seen before. Certainly um, didn't recognize the name, but I started watching. Uh, the HBO show uh, Lovecraft Country because a good friend of mine is actually in that um, 
so thankfully he's in that and I actually got to have eyes on the show and the lead actor of that, I mean, co-lead, if you put him up against um, uh, Smollett, Journey Smollett, she um, she was amazing in that. Um, but Jonathan Majors, I was, after like an episode, maybe two, I was like, who who's going to get this guy first? This guy is, he's going to get a big role soon. Is Marvel or DC going to pick him up? You know, like yeah, wow. is he is he gonna is he gonna be John Stewart Green Lantern? You know, if they're trying to, this is one they were talking about feeling at the time. You know, as far as the future of the DC show goes, and I'm like, who's gonna get him? Either way, whatever role he plays, who's gonna get Jonathan Majors first? Because um, some franchise is gonna grab him, and it was Marvel, and it's like, oh, they're gonna make him a villain that's gonna be in an Ant Man movie, and I'm like, okay. Well, he could have been a really good Black Panther, but or could he? I don't know. And then I got reminded seeing Tenet that I how much I loved John David Washington, uh, who I first introduced to only in Black Klansman. I know he's done a bunch of other stuff, but that was where he really like you know became uh, a bit more um, public. And uh, he was so good in that, and he's he's good in Tenet. And what I like about there was oh, something poetic in my mind trying to explain that, and I I figured maybe he would fit into the mold a little bit better of of Black Panther. I don't know whether he looks a little bit more like Chadwick Boseman than, say, Jonathan Majors does, um, and maybe because he's always got a beard and Chadwick Boseman always had a bit of a beard, but <laughs> John David Washington is the son of Denzel Washington. Chadwick Boseman credited Denzel Washington for his career and giving him the start and his mentorship and, you know, called him out on stage a bunch of times, and I think he got some scholarship because of him, and then he, he like, he was always... He was a hero of his. Denzel Washington was a hero of Chadwick Boseman. And I thought, well, John David Washington, like Jonathan Majors, like I just said, is going to be picked up for a bigger role in a bigger franchise if that's what he wants to do. He might want to be like his dad and just do, you know, semi-big stuff or smaller stuff for the rest of his career and not try and be this big blockbuster um, A-list star in that sense. Mm. But I don't know. There was something poetic about the fact that Denzel was a hero to Chadwick. Chadwick credits him that never forgot about that he passes and then Denzel's son steps in to play that role not because oh well you're the connection with my dad or because I'm another or whatever just another solid actor that could portray that role and and be that character um because yeah I just I think it was just I just don't want to lose T'Challa as a character uh, it's not that oh well Chadwick Boseman's he you know he's replaced or whatever he's just an actor I just don't want to lose T'Challa like it's certainly not after one film of his own and plays in three kind of Avengers movies, either two Avengers films or a Captain America Civil War. Mm. So I just didn't want to lose him, but that's what's happening. So they're going to, I guess, probably roll straight into the Shuri stuff, um, which is cool on its own because, you know, we said before that, you know, whether you, you know, you it, with the Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel stuff or Black Widow stuff, I mean, Shuri now, she'll be another female lead superhero so not i mean you don't want to get that for that sort of reason it's tragic circumstances but i mean rather than go well hang on in the comics his female sibling takes the role but instead you guys just went out and got another guy to play the role because guys have to be superheroes so all in it is just such a a tricky thing and there's no right answer if anything this is the right answer the fact that they haven't recasted um but you know, that comes with its own issues and questions and, and plenty of people are not going to be happy that we lose the character. But at the same time, 
I didn't see one person come out when he died going, he wasn't that great, or he was an arsehole. Like, everyone loved exactly. Chadwick Boseman, so... And he was he was a perfect casting choice. Yeah, he was so... And I still, like, I watched so many clips of his when he died, and that one, again, it's with your least favourite, uh, one of them, um, TV late-night host, but that bit with uh, Jimmy Fallon and surprising people behind the curtain. Oh, God. Those moments. That ruined me the first time I watched it, back when Black Panther came out. And yeah, I hate Jimmy Fallon, but God damn it, (laughs) did that get me. And then to watch it again after he passed, I was an absolute mess. Yeah. An absolute mess. He meant a lot to so many people, and that's the thing. It's like, well, that's probably the most right thing, but we unfortunately have to let go of that character. Or at least in this iteration, you know, it'd be different if it was like, the old Spider-Man movies or if we didn't have the shared universe because in 10 years they're going to reboot it anyway and we just make another Black Panther with another actor but they're going to try and push on with the shared universe for as long as possible. I, yeah, I think I think timing is the hardest part is if it was just after Black Panther had came out and we were two or three years away from another Black Panther film, great, but it just sort of happened at a time where there wasn't a lot of time to be able to kind of consider the next step. And just to wrap up, uh, Marvel, we won't really go into much of the what-if stuff because um, we'll see that in mid-2021 anyway, but it is, I think, for every for every movie, there's a, like a what-if animated story. I, and I, I, they only touch on a few in the in the tease that you can check out online, but it's like, what if Steve Rogers never received the Super Soldier Serum? Instead, Peggy Carter did. You know, that's that what-if of Captain America. And there's, I think Black Panther, while we're talking about him, becomes Star-Lord in, in this what-if, you know, in, in the series. So <laughs> that looks like a lot of fun, and it's narrated by Jeffrey Wright, who's playing the Watcher. Um, so it's not canon. It's just a bit of fun. It's what-if. I mean, maybe it will be, you know, it could be, in a way, it could be canon. It's it's a, it's a our version of the Watcher telling what if stories from alternate, you know, timelines, dimensions, universes, or whatever. So we'll see what happens there. There were three other series that were announced that we were not expecting though uh, on the day, and aren't spin-offs of other ones or anything. Secret Invasion with uh, Samuel Jackson coming back as Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn coming back as Talos from Captain Marvel, and they're going to have a Secret Invasion TV series, which everyone thought that might be the next big Avengers film or one of the future team-up movies. I think That's even the Russo, yeah, the Russo brothers said, you know, people asked them, would you ever come back after doing three Avengers films or two Avengers films and two Captain America movies? And they said, well, yeah, when they do Secret Invasion, we'll come back, sure, if they ever ask us. And it's like, oh my God, do they know something? Turns out they don't. They're, you know, they rumored that Nick Fury is going to get his own series a few months ago. And here it is. It is Secret Invasion. Rhodey, he's getting his own series in Armor Wars. And as you said in a text message back from me, it sounds like the plot of every Iron Man uh, movie ever. It's what happens when Tony Stark's tech falls into the wrong hands. And then you've got Ironheart. Uh, we've got young inventor, genius young inventor, Riri Williams, as she creates the most advanced suit of armor since iron man that's the only thing we know about that show At just age 15 <laughs> so again they're like like miss marvel ironheart will be hitting a different version of the audience my kids if they watch them they've seen bits and pieces of the, of the marvel movies they love them but this will really probably be aimed at them because it's a younger character hitting at younger audiences but it's all tied to the bigger world so Marvel are not uh, taking their foot off the brake. Should join the Young a... Avengers as well. Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's just getting bigger 
and bigger from here. And for anyone who was hoping that Endgame was going to... I remember people saying that to me, like when Endgame came out and they go, oh, so this is going to be the last Avengers, is it? And I'm just like laughed in their face. <laughs> oh, I laughed. And I mean, COVID come along and made sure that it was the last Marvel movie that we got for two years. But still, we went to know that. We were thinking we were getting Black Widow a year later and now we've got 17,000 TV series coming yeah. at us. So Dis- Disney just bought Fox. Like they're, they're done making money <laughs> they now. another so... studio. <laughs> yeah, they just bought another studio. So yeah, no, they They've had enough. They've had enough um, Avengers now. That'll be it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right, let's try and wrap through this Walt Disney Studios and the Disney anything else and Fox and everything uh, a little bit quick because I know that we want to geek out a little bit about the Star Wars stuff but there is a lot of other stuff to get excited about in this um, so let's start off Indiana, Indiana Jones 5 uh, that is coming it's coming to cinemas in 2022 Maddie, your first reaction was can't be worse than number 4 <laughs> No, it can't. Uh, oh, my God. That was the second film I ever reviewed on my radio show, and uh, I really wanted to like it, and I told myself that I liked it, and I reviewed it as such on air, and I knew that I was lying, but I couldn't even really admit that I was lying <laughs> because I wanted to like it so bad, and from the moment that CGI ferret or rat or whatever type of little small pests in the desert came, popped up out of the CGI mound, it was like, oh, oh, what are you doing? What? What are we? What are we doing here? All of a sudden, the nuclear fridge and CGI monkeys. It was the fridge. Was, yeah. was, the fridge was the breaking point for me in that film. But I, yeah, and it was I like do love you. You do it a in. lot. You you convince yourself you love a film because you want to love a film. Yeah, I know. I, I, <laughs> it's and it's a problem I've been working that. on honestly for fifteen years, and it's still not getting any better. And I I'm trying. I'm trying to be more cynical. Okay. I mean, here I am making a podcast about how much I love Disney and everything that the mouse is giving me. You know, I'm like Indiana Jones. I promise to not like you unless you deserve it. But that's coming to cinemas in 2022 when Harrison Ford turns 98 years old. Uh, a Willow series is coming to. Disney Plus, The Mighty Ducks is getting not only a TV series, it's getting a follow-up series. We will have Emilio Estevez, The Mighty Ducks, man, I swear to God, he's coming back. Forget that, forget that, who's he with, who's his co-star Mitchell, give it to me. Lauren Graham from the Gilmore Girls. Yeah, I will follow any, anywhere. I love Lauren Graham. I'll watch anything she's in and yep. lap it up. I do she's love her fantastic. as well, actually. Her comedic timing is like, to me, she's up there with like a Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Her comedic timing is so damn good. I can watch her in anything. She's fucking hilarious. She'd want to be quick the way that the Gilmore Girls was, the way that dialogue was spat out in that show. I mean, you know, it's like been her craft. So, yeah, I love her yeah. too. And so the fact that, you know, her like being in a Mighty Ducks movie doesn't get me any excited because she's in it or because they bring it like it's just like oh cool her um Estevez coming back as Gordon Bombay like you know 20 30 years on from uh Mighty Ducks 2 I imagine it's a follow-up from 2 or 3 he was back for 3 obviously but didn't play a big role um but you know just the the sequel that we didn't know was coming or that we wanted but we'll happily watch it because it is what it is and you know like I don't think it's going to be as uh as much of a dark-ish or weirdly different follow-up is what, say, Cobra Kai is for um, the Karate Kid, but it is that, hey, these characters didn't just die at the end of the last film you saw them in. Mm. They still exist, so I like that. They had a little teaser, which I didn't see well, until the I, next day. I know Goldberg's had it pretty rough. That could get dark. Ah, uh, yeah. If they try and touch base with Goldberg, <laughs> that could get a little bit dark. <laughs> yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, I didn't think about it. But I do, I do uh, hope we get, Goldberg. you know, like Marguerite M- M- Moreau popping back in... 
Um, yeah. You know, Joshua Jackson. I'd love to see some of those characters just pop in and yeah, and see what's what. Maybe they can like creed it to its Rocky, and in season two of the Mighty Ducks, you get the evil, slickly haired um, bloke from the, the Mighty Ducks two, the bloke from Iceland, and he's oh, yeah. now a washed up coach that's coaching a new version of his own team, and they mm. go against each other in season two. This the teaser though actually looked like the Ducks have become like a thing; they're a proper thing. And then yeah. Lauren Graham's kid, who didn't get picked because he's shit, they go and seek out. Estevez to create like a new team that was the Ducks in in the first film. Oh, and when they like, were like P- PB14 or whatever they were before they were uh, Ducks, District 5. Were District 5. District 5, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and so like the Ducks was like, oh, they were the no-hopers as opposed to, I forget what the bad guys, as you would might refer to, what they were called, the proper team, the good team. Um, yeah, the one the Banks played for. Oh, I cannot think of it for the, for the life of me, and I've seen that movie a hundred times. Yeah, me But um, it looks like they're going to be like going against the Ducks, but it's called the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, but who knows? I mean, mm, they'll find someone. I don't, I, don't want to... I, don't, I don't think we'll see Fulton. I think I think Fulton's changed a little bit too much. I don't think Foggy Nelson can pull off being a Bash brother anymore. <laughs> I know. So, um... <laughs> I know. I don't actually, you can't even understand it in a way how that's the same guy. Not that, not that um, yeah. uh, whatever his name is, Eddie, I want to say, but uh, the, the guy who played... Foggy, nothing against him, but like in those, I think because he he must have just developed earlier and was older than the rest of the cast because he looked yeah. freakishly tall and like this unit, a this beast. muscular bloke, and he was always wearing those long coats. He just looked like a monster. And then you see him as Foggy Nelson, and he just looks like your, your best mate that you love hanging out with on the weekend. Like he doesn't yeah. look like an intimidating the guy that's going to beat the shit out of you and then go and sit in the sin bin box. But yeah. It'd be nice to see some other cameos, but just good to see and fun to see Estevez. It's one of those castings and announcements that I think of, like, if an actor had, you know, a chance to talk with, like, a time traveller or something, and back in 1995 or something, it's a couple of years after The Mighty Ducks 2, and Estevez comes up against a uh, a time traveller and says, what am I doing in, like... What's who am I in twenty five years? Now, like, well, um, the Mighty Ducks TV show has just been announced, and he's like, "Oh my fucking god, I'm never leaving this role. I'm never leaving this role. What am I doing?" And it's like, "No, no, no. You've went on. You've done other things. You've directed films. You've directed TV, and now you're just coming back to that role because you know the Mouse House is offering him money, and it's a it's a secure job. So it, let's, it is. Let's weird. have a movie night. We'll do we'll do um we'll do the Mighty Ducks. We'll do Breakfast Club. We'll maybe do like Rated X or something like that, and we'll just call it the um the Estevez Festivus. What do you reckon? We'll just... <laughs> oh my god, that's excellent. I don't care whether you've been sitting on that, whether you just come up with it or you stole oh, it. No. That is I stole excellent. that. I definitely stole that. I think from Gilmore Girls of all places. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a nice tie-in? Um, <laughs> uh, another sort of follow-up sequel, Hocus Pocus 2, is happening, although they said the original cast isn't confirmed yet, which is surprising because the cast themselves have been getting asked for it for the better part of 12 months. Neville went, we're bang up for it. We can't wait to get back. But the movie was never confirmed. Now that the movie's confirmed, they went, well, we're not sure who's going to be in it. And it's like, okay, I don't know how that's working, but get it done. Um, a remake of sorts, just a same story set in a different time with the same name, whatever. Um, Three Men and a Baby is coming back in a modern take Zac with Efron? Zac Efron. Yep, yep. Which, uh, you know, he he's you know, he's been in Australia, right? Zac Efron's been hanging out in Byron, and now he's in South Australia filming um, Gold, a stand movie for next year, uh, directed by the excellent Anthony Hayes. And Lincoln 
uh, a brother like had met him a couple of years ago in the States and they stayed in touch a little bit, but then like, you know, just fell out of touch because it's been years. And then now he's back in Australia and they ran into each other again. They actually got invited to the same place and then they've like, you know, reconnected and stuff. And I'm just, I messaged Lincoln straight away. And I'm like, are you also in Three Men and a Baby? Because please make that happen. Because we loved <laughs> Three Men and a Baby and Three Men and a Little Girl as a kid. I loved those films so much. And uh, especially the sequel because I was a little boy. And so it was just funny seeing this smart ass young girl sort of run circles around these three guys trying to look yeah. after her. So um, another one of those great 80s, 80s movies that wasn't made for kids, but somehow... Our parents yeah. thought it was for kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's got Little Girl in the title, and the font on the yeah. poster is written in crayon. So you can watch it. It's like, oh, you love Batman? Go watch Batman Returns. Oh, my. Yeah. What? Dest- you've destroyed my eyes. I saw the penguin bite a guy's nose off. Like, yeah, yeah that happened. Go watch uh, Batman Returns. Follow that up with Turner and Hooch. Um, <laughs> uh, and finish it up with Demolition Man. And, you know, that's a great yeah. kids trio of films. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mum and Dad. That's what made us the people we are today. Post Three Men and a Baby, also a retake, uh, cheaper by the dozen. It's a blended family retake, so uh, that's in the works as well. Not much else known what about does that. that. Mean? Uh, well, it'll because what was cheaper cheap by, by the... the dozen already a blended family? It was like a it was a Brady Bunch kind of situation. Where that's it was what like, I thought. You've I got think... six kids, and I've got six kids, and now we've got I think it kids. might be. I don't know whether I just misquote because this is again. I'm only reading my article that I wrote um, a week ago. Maybe I <laughs> actually didn't put the complete quote. I, I or maybe the cast or there was an indication or something. I want to say that maybe it's a a mixed race blended family or so or it could be like a family that's adopted a bunch of kids from different parts of the globe or something. So it's oh, basically yep. Brangelina the story, you know, and it's that's what I'm taking from it anyway. But you're right, actually it was a blended family retake of cheap or well, whatever. Anyway, it all works. Um nostalgia is real. I've written with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. It, that's coming back because I love that as a kid. Um Andy Sandberg but is it, is it gonna be like like in the same way they brought DuckTales back as like an animated show or are they gonna I, be I, trying to yeah. do like a live action no, 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 it's animated. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, As we knew and loved it. I think DuckTales has been going... I haven't seen any of it because it's hard to get here in Australia, but... I think yeah. DuckTales is going well. It's it's being well received, so that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, looking else, what else they can, what else they can do? That's Disney Plus yeah. and Andy Rangers Sandberg is, is one great. of them. Uh, yeah, I love that as a kid. I don't even remember too much about it. I just remember that being one of the staples that I watched. So that'll be fun if they bring back the same. I part, remember yeah. they were living in the tree, and he was dressed like um, Dale had that. Uh, not Hawaii Five O. The other show, the guy with the mustache who was in Friends. What's his name? Yeah, um, yeah, Tom Selleck. He's three men and a baby. Yeah, um, Magnum PI. Um, Magnum PI. Dale was Dale was wearing that red and white Hawaiian Magnum PI shirt, and then Chip was dressed as Indiana Jones because he had the leather the That's leather right. aviator That's jacket right. with the with the fedora. Then they had Gidget, who was like the inventor, and they had like that blimp that was made out of like the the blimp bu- bubble was like a soda soda bottle, like a two liter soda bottle, and the cradle was made out of like I want to say like a um. A toothpaste tube or something like that, and they'd fly around. Jesus, you remember so much more than I do. <laughs> and there was Monterey Jack, the big Monterey Jack. Yeah, no, that was that was good. That was a good show. Well, hopefully, if it's not already available on there, that they'll actually put the old stuff on Disney Plus. I think be fun. it is. Hopefully. I think it is. Oh, I think it's on my watch list on Disney Plus. Okay, I'll check that out. Pinocchio, live action, starring Tom Hanks yeah. as Geppetto. That's coming direct to Disney+. Plus. So it's like a number of their movies where it is this live action remake, but it's not like Mulan where they were hoping to put it in cinemas. They're just like, bang, straight onto uh, Disney+. Plus. Yeah, we'll forget about that by next week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Peter Pan and Wendy. We're getting another version of Peter Pan, which yeah, I've liked a bunch of them. Uh, for me, Hook <sighs> is still like the biggest and best of them all. I love Hook because that hit me at the right spot in the a right Peter age. Pan movie since Hook. Yeah, right. Why would you bother? I mean, yeah. none of them can live up to it. And it wasn't even a proper Peter Pan story. It was a sequel to a movie that we never had first. And I can't understand why Steven Spielberg is not even proud of that film. He's like, it's not the film I wanted to make, but it got on my like, dude. Dude, Dustin Hoffman as Captain Hook is like one of the greatest performances and casting choices like yeah. ever in Hollywood. And then, years later, then, we're then still Robin chanting, Williams. Rufio, like, Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Oh, I mean, we didn't even sing Chip and Dale. <laughs> That's the only thing I do remember about that show. Um, Jude Law is going to be Captain Hook in this Peter Pan and Wendy story, so I think he'll be right. He'll do I good. It's that. just like, yeah, look for that. me, you, you're not you're not Dustin Hoffman. Um, Enchanted is getting a sequel. The uh, Amy Adams and was that James Marsden or was that a different film? I think no, it was Patrick Dempsey. I was it. Two of them, three of them. I think all three were in it. Enchanted, it's getting a sequel with Amy Adams coming back uh, called Disenchanted. Oh. So I actually like that. It's not just Enchanted 2. Sister Act 3, starring Whoopi Goldberg. That's finally actually happening. That'll be Disney+. Plus. And then I hope there's... they bring back, um, fa- uh, what's her name? Uh, the chick from the Fugees who was in it. Oh, God, yeah, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill, that's yeah. it. Oh, I was going to say Faith Hill, and I'm like, no, oh, no definitely not Faith Hill. Uh, I love. Yeah, I like that was my that was that sort of secret guilty pleasure that I had as a kid because I was like this you know eight nine ten year old boy whatever I was watching Sister Act two because they were funny movies man I probably didn't watch the yeah. first one that much because it was dealing with the mob and it was a little bit darker in that sense at the start whereas the second one was just all fun and games um, but that moment at the end where they all get up and they sing oh happy day I I like got chills watching that as a kid I'd get goosebumps mm. and I'm like I can't let anyone know that I love this because I think it's embarrassing but I love this moment oh, mate I was a choir kid so that was our bread and butter <laughs> yeah it's like that's the gold standard it's like we can never reach it but those are our heroes um, three Disney animation movies are getting spin-off series Moana Zootopia and Baymax uh, which is a spin-off of Big Hero 6 which Hero all Six. three of those I actually love I love Big Hero 6 I've never revisited it with the kids but that was so much fun Zootopia I still will like preach that that is a kids movie that kids don't really like as much anywhere near as much as the adults like you go and watch that and yeah so like so much of it i think is not even directed but it's i think it's directed at kids but it's only really accessible by adults just some of the humor and the idea of these animals living together and all the little nicks and bits and pieces along the way that fit with why those animals would live separately to each other and how that works and the 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 relationships and stuff and i you know it's no, it's, it's funny to watch like a sloth adult teen coming of age movie with yeah. the filter of a, of a kids film yeah yeah cuz i will i think i saw that with the entire family and I spoke to my wife and I loved it, but she said to me, did you like that? And I said, I really liked it. Yeah. And she goes, okay, just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, devil's advocate here. What, how do you think the kids would have liked it? And I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know that they would have. Like, it's fun to watch fun characters, mm. you know, and a, a, a wolf walking around with a rabbit selling ice creams and stuff. But like, that's, that's kind of fun. But, but it the wasn't like story an overly saturated, bright, like, no. a, like a Wreck-It Ralph kind of you know, in your face, bright colours keeping your attention. I could see kids getting like I don't even have kids and I could see kids getting bored with Zootopia after like yeah. twenty minutes. And the and the um tone of I love Jason Bateman. I just thought I loved the way that he voiced that character. So I loved it even more for that. But I'm like, is that lost in the kids? Or the fact that I love him so much because I loved how he sounded in Arrested Development or something. So um I I'm looking forward to all that Moana though, I lo- love Moana so hard. Like for me, 
I'm like, I, I love, you know, it's like, I will die on the hill that Moana is better than Frozen. I know that Frozen is like, oh, hey. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, like, you know, Frozen is like the gold standard for, hey, all the young girls, they love Frozen. They want to be, they want to be Elsa and they want to be, um... The other one, Anna, um, Anna and Elsa. Anna. I've seen that movie once. Uh, I've never seen the sequel. I want to see the sequel. I just, I'm like, yeah, that was good. That was fine. But I like Moana. That's also one where I'm like, you know, when she sings, um, "How far I'll go," I'm like, I'm getting goosebumps, and I shouldn't because I'm an early thirties <laughs> man. But like, I loved the story. I loved the performance in her voice. I don't even know the actress's name. He plays Moana. Dwayne Johnson was so great. I loved the the story. I loved just the the cultural stuff that they touch on and the island stuff. The mythology behind it all the the score by lin-manuel miranda the oh i don't know if he did the score but he wrote the song sorry and the score uh for the film as well i i love that movie so i don't know I, i've been and hoping the fact for that she's time. still very much a disney princess in the way like all disney princes always seem to have like a cute little animal like you know um yeah. mulan had the grasshopper and yep. the dragon and then um pocahontas had what the hummingbird and the raccoon and then Moana's yep. got what, like the chicken and the chicken, the stupid and little, chicken was and a, a pig. pig or something, a pig. Yeah, the pig. Perfect. The piglet was left back on the beach on the island for the for the majority of the film, but she had the dumbass chicken that sort of was a stowaway mm. um, along the way. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Surprisingly, I was in. You know, sounding like a, a big talker, but I was I was in Disneyland last year. Uh, I mean, as you well know, but like going through trying to just look at all the merch, and they have so much merch. Believe it or not, Disney apparently like money by selling toys. Um, <laughs> It would surprise you how little merch there was for Moana. And that movie really? had only come out, like, what, three years early? I think it's only four years old, the film. I think it's a 2016 movie. And I was there in 2019, and they have merch stores, like, every seven feet. Like, it's, there's just merch everywhere. Honestly, I found, and I went into a lot of them, and both, both California Adventureland and Disneyland and everything in between... I think I found one store that had Moana stuff and there wasn't a lot. And I'm like, well, oh, guys, a, this looks weird. Wasn't there a little controversy, though? Because they did bring out, I think for Halloween, maybe the year before or whatever it was, it was the character that um, Dwayne Johnson played, the, the, the god or yeah. whatever he was. It was like a kid's Maui, yeah. costume. It was like a it was like a Polynesian muscle suit with all the tattoos yeah. and stuff on it. Yeah. And the white kids were wearing it. Um, yeah. And people were like, oh, is that... Is that blackface? Is that are we yeah. getting close to because it's like they're white from the neck up and like yeah. Polynesian from the neck down with the tattoos? It was a little bit. So I know a lot of that stuff got pulled off the shelves. So yeah, but yeah, I mean that that little rooster chicken thing should have so much merch. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> Plus, like you know, the fish hook necklace. Um, I just yeah. wanted even any like Moana dolls, like plush toys that you could buy, and I'm like, guys, seriously, this is. This is disgusting. <laughs> like, and if it was a reaction to, oh, this looks, this this could have a touch of blackface about it. But now it's like in the entire park, we've got tens of thousands of white girl toys and white boy toys, and one little one little brown girl from Moana. It's just like, what are you doing here? But anyway, that's a that's a whole different political st- um, chat. But um, that I shouldn't have brought up, but I did, so it's my fault. But yeah, I I love Moana. Really enjoyed Zootopia and uh, and Big Hero Six, and they're all getting um, spin off series as well. Also, Cars as well. That's getting a, a, a series Ooh. follow-up. Oh. Lightning McQueen and Maida going on a road trip series. Um, so I'm hoping they'll bring back, um, what's it, Larry the Cable Guy and Owen Wilson. But now he's even more mm. in the Disney family with that uh, with Loki. Hopefully they will. Um, Maybe Doug that was part Days. Of the deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Doug Days. 
Doesn't seem like it's anything off the top of your head that you might remember. You got Up, right? Up. What do you like about Up? Well, you got the old man and you got the boy oh, with the balloons. And then you and got the that dog. lovable dog, the squirrel, squirrel. That's Doug, right? So Doug is getting his own series, Doug Days. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with that, where they can go with a dog that has a speech collar that helps him talk and loves squirrels. But he's getting a series because Disney love money. So That could um, be amazing. I mean, I do hate yeah. uh, one of the latest Transformers cartoons. The runtime is that weird thing for kids where it's like 11 minutes, um, yeah, right. which I really, really hate. So they'll play like two two episodes back to back to make up a 22-minute sort of, you know, half hour yeah. on, 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 live ac- on, on live TV. Doug, I feel like, would, would suit an 11-minute t- runtime. I don't know if he yeah. could fill 20 minutes, but I'm interested. Put him, I mean, put him in the I Am Groot series and we can have Doug and Groot hang out for one episode. It's like, good, we've ticked both boxes now and they can piss off. So, I'm Groot, anyway. I'm Doug. Well, I'm Groot. Well, I'm Doug. Another one that is getting, it's not so much a spin-off, it's kind of a prequel, but not. It's kind of not an origin story, but it's from one of the big puppies in Pixar. It's Lightyear and it's telling the story of the very first Buzz Lightyear and it's voiced by none other than our big man crush, Maddie, Chris Evans, Captain America himself, is now going to play Buzz Lightyear or voice him. Not going to play him and excite you that it's going to be some live action prequel. But people were blowing yeah, up that I, it wasn't going to be say, Tim Allen. God damn it! Why are you giving me um, Chris Evans with no Chris Evans to look at? But he did a <laughs> fucking fantastic job voicing um, Casey Jones in TMNT. So yeah, it's true. I'm down for it. Yeah, and so many people were blowing up about the fact that oh, it's not Tim Allen. How could they dare not bring back Tim Allen and Tim Allen's probably wondering the same thing, but they come out and they sit very clearly. Hey, this is not, this is not the buzz. This is not the buzz. The toy, the toy. Why do you have toys? It's an action figure. It's a piece of merchandise based on another product or a or a real life person. So that's what this is. I don't know whether Buzz Lightyear that they're going for is is an is a star character of an action movie franchise or that the Toy Story world is actually in a galaxy where there is off world battles going on and Buzz Lightyear is like a real well, world hero. They, they did that do that toys in, um, in, I want to say, the 2000s. There was a Buzz Lightyear of Star Command animated series on like Saturday Disney right. that I would watch. Okay. And it was basically, yeah, it was it was Buzz Lightyear and his like Guardians of the Galaxy style team, you know, flying around the galaxy, you know, fighting evil. Yeah. Um, they never really got into whether it was, you know a TV show like a like are we watching a TV show of a TV show yeah that the toys are based on or is it really it, it, it was just let's find out what buzz like what buzz lightyear is so mm. it'll be it should be fun yeah, I'm actually re- looking forward to it, whether it's just because it's Chris Evans, because I'm like, Toy Story 4 had me nervous going into it, and I end up really liking it. Um, I need to rewatch it because my one-year-old or two-year-old at the time, I forget how old he was in that movie, um, came out, like, screamed at the most perfectly imperfect moment of that film. Like, if you've seen Which the film, one? And if you, uh, Toy Story 4, I'm not going to... I won't. I won't say what happens at the end, but there is this culmination of a character arc and right as you're waiting to see whether this person goes down the left of the fork in the road or the right building 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 and just as they decide my kid screams next to me because he was just getting frustrated and then you turn back and that character has made their choice and they've taken the road and i was like 
um, oh, you've just you've ruined Toy oh, again. I'm like 33, and I'm like, you've ruined <laughs> Toy Story for me. I've been watching this shit since I was nine, and you've just ruined it for me. I'll never forgive you because I'll never get that first moment back. Um. So I haven't revisited it since, you know, it's been out in Disney Plus for a while. The movie itself has been out on, you know, since middle of last year. So I probably I think, should. But I think 3 was superior. I think oh, my God. 3 was amazing. They could have stopped yeah. at 3 and it would have been a, a perfect bow. Yeah. Um, they definitely didn't but, destroy yeah. it by coming back for number 4. But uh, no, at the same time, no, you can leave 4 as its own thing and go, okay, um, yeah, we we could have done without it, but what they did with it was it was just different enough um, that it warranted itself existing. I don't think Pixar were looking to tarnish the brand of Toy Story, so they wouldn't have done it just to make a buck. They can do a sequel to another film, which they have done. So uh, maybe they're sitting here going, how do we do a Toy Story 5? Well, until we figure that out, let's do a Buzz Lightyear prequel. Bang, money printed, Boom. give it to me right now. That also will be coming out in cinemas in 2022. Um then there's the rest of the stuff, which is a lot of like FX and stuff that's a Fox property. I'll kick it off with one thing that I left out of my Disney run because I think it's more of a... It's not a Disney stuff, but it's in their star branding, but whatever. Um, are you just as excited as I am not that the Kardashians will be coming back and it will be technically a Disney property, Matthew, because it will be on Star or Star Plus or whatever they're talking about? Like, I had to the write that in an article. Like I'm frozen, but I'm just death staring you. <laughs> Let's move on, okay? Just know that the Kardashians are not done with keeping up with the Kardashians. Whether or not it's going to be rebranded into a different name or they just got a better deal from going to Hulu, who knows? And who cares? And um, if you see any posts on Instagram of people asking, does that make Kardashians Disney princesses now? Report no. that post immediately. <laughs> Report that post immediately. Have it taken down. <laughs> Get that person off the internet. They lose their privileges. Um, take away all digital media. Uh, and the rest. All right, Disney. They're being the home of so much more now beyond just Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar. We all know that now. Handmaid's Tale, season four. That was announced for a 2021 premiere. Uh, fifth season has also been ordered, so that show's not going away anytime soon, and it's a good show. American Horror well... Stories, an anthology spinoff of the popular series. Um, I'll stop reading this like it. I'm a newsreader. I, I watched the first three or four seasons. I actually liked it, and I just sort of just fell off the fifth one and I'm like oh I'll watch that when I can and I just didn't and they've made like 10 since then but this will be like every episode's different Black Mirror style I guess Alien is going to be a TV series um, everyone's been like oh. now that Disney own it are they gonna make new films but they can't because they're Disney and they won't make an R rated or MA in Australia rated yeah. Alien film what are they gonna do Ridley Scott's going to come back and executive produce. That could mean a lot. That could mean very little. But what I'm actually excited about is Noah Hawley, who uh, did um, Fargo and Legion. He's going to be, I assume, the showrunner or some kind of heavy hitter um, behind it. And I think what I like about other than the fact that he's obviously proved himself with Fargo and Legion, is that, Maddie, he was almost the guy that was behind Star Trek TV before Discovery came along and then he left because of creative differences and the CBS oh, so or whatever he's got went standards does he he's got he's got well, see, that's standards the thing. oh that's so for your sake so your sake I hope that he come in and he's like you know a lifelong Trek fan and he had all these ideas of what he's going to do and they loved it they loved it until they went to really go and make it and they went no we want to do this and he's went okay well then I'm leaving like it was his idea to make a show and he had all these concepts and then whether they kept anything or not he let and I I always think man if someone is on a film like your your 
even Scott Derrickson for, say, a Doctor Strange 2, a guy that made number one, and I know that you're not a massive fan of Doctor Strange 1, but that guy wrote and directed that film and he wanted to do so much with the sequel and then Marvel come and go, okay, you can do all that except you can't do half of it and do this instead. And he's went, uh, I'm out of here. Like, rather than make a film that he still really wants to make with a character that he wants to write and direct, he would rather not put his name to something that he's not 100% behind and that like he might... Like the Ant-Man dude. Edgar Wright, yeah. He, they're like, you can do everything you wanted to do except do it differently. And he's like, mm, I know I've been working on this film for 10 years, but no thanks. And walked away and I always think, man, that's such a big call. So for Noah Hawley to do that with Star Trek and then, again, I've only seen nine episodes of the first season. You've watched everything and you're not that impressed, to say the least. So I want to say that that means... Good things, the Alien show. That if he's going to go and make another a, a show based on another very popular property, that it's got it's got something good behind it. If he's willing to dedicate his time and he's got ideas, well, I mean, taking it back to Indiana Jones, can't be worse than Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know that was another one. I was like, I really want to like that, but even Prometheus, I was like, yeah, I like some of it. And then I really liked Alien Covenant, uh, Covenant for the Alien film that it was, and then it slowly became a, Pr- a Prometheus sequel. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't like this bit of it so much mm. anymore. And maybe that's just because that all that stuff was underdeveloped. I don't know, but it was like part of it was good, part of it wasn't. And they still Ridley Scott's like, yeah, if we ever make a third film, this is what I'll do. It's like I don't know that's going to happen. Maybe it's dependent on the TV series. Maybe we just get a TV series. I don't know. That's happening either way. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I've not seen a second of this show. It'll be back for another. Four seasons, Matthew. It's gotten a four-season wow. renewal. That'll take it to 18 seasons and make it the longest-running live-action sitcom of all time. Will it, though? It's one of those sneaky things, whereas it's like, if you're doing a season that's only eight episodes, whereas, like, mm. you know, season season two of Seinfeld was, like, 26 or something like that. It's like, how many episodes have they done? <laughs> yeah, you know? Enough. Okay. <laughs> um, I have been trying to get into that recently, probably, like, since this year, since sort of um, lockdown and COVID and all that kind of stuff. I've been looking for new content. So I have watched, I think, one, two, and maybe season three of Sunny in Philadelphia. Yep. And yeah, they're, they're short seasons, like six, eight episodes some seasons. I think some are longer, though. It's not bad. It's yeah. not phenomenal, but like I'm still very early in it. So perhaps it's one of those ones where it's, you know, it's just that longer, that longer draw out. It is very funny. It is funny, though. It's very, very funny. Yeah, I, I, actually, I do really want to watch it. I, I mean, I've been wanting to watch it for, God, you know, 10 years, unsurprisingly for me, uh, as you would say. But... um. Only because I used to work with a guy and Dave loved and lived and breathed It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Absolutely loved it. And then the first Horrible Bosses movie come out. I don't even know when that was. Maybe 2011, I want to say. Anyway, and they had um, you know, the, the media tour. They brought come out to Australia. They came to Brisbane where we live, which almost never happens. And they were a red carpet premiere and there was... Um, Jason Bateman didn't come along, which we made fun of, but Charlie Day and Jason Sudeikis were there. And... We went in for an interview with the first ones there and Jason Sakers just he was like 35 minutes late because he was on a phone call, someone back home. So we sat in there with Charlie Day, who is lead star, writer, producer, creator of It's Always Sunny director, in Philadelphia. Director, I think, as well. Director as well, like, they lives and breathes the show. Him and his wife are part of it. Like, it's their show. It's their baby. And I was there interviewing him 
with Dave, my mate who loved It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So he just unleashed on this guy in a very like mature way. It wasn't just, oh my God, I'm fanboying. He was just asking him about the show for like 35 minutes. And it was very natural. And Charlie Day was so giving with his time. And we were putting shit on Jason today because for being late and Jason Bateman for not showing up. And the fact that he was there and we were just eating all the fruit and the drinks and stuff they had there for their next 10 hours of interviews. And he was so giving while talking about this show, it made me more interested to watch this show because of how good that guy is you can very much tell it's a passion project it's something they just love to do and i guess that that tracks the fact that it's what season what that they're getting now they will be going into 15 to 18 yeah 15 18 like there's no (laughs) way you're gonna you're gonna be doing that unless you really love what you're doing and and they seem to have a lot of creative control over what they're doing there's a lot of improv which i think would help keep it fresh for them so yeah fantastic uh, and then just to uh, wrap up the rest of the stuff, uh, Nat Geo, a couple of specials which I'm keen to watch. Uh, Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. Um, he'll It's basically that show Body Hack that's on Channel 10 here in Australia, except it's with Chris Hemsworth because uh, yep. he's exploring body science in an adventure-type series. So he's going to be going doing crazy shit and testing out the, you know, I guess the peaks and the limits of the human body. Yeah. I'll, and... I'll be sitting on the couch eating triple chocolate ice cream with hot <laughs> yeah, oh my sauce God. while I watch that. Yeah. I'll I'll be yeah. eating my seventeenth packet of salt and vinegar chips and my third you know can of coke and uh, yeah I'll be doing yeah. the same thing. Same as same as his workout videos when he bought out his workout app oh, and just sit gross. there and watch those while you eat salt and vinegar <laughs> chips. <laughs> yeah, does does watching the Instagram like less than one minute version of them count as exercise? Okay, done. <laughs> um, and the other one, it's only a working title, but I really hope that they actually roll with it. It's called Welcome to Earth with Will Smith, and he's gonna just be. You know, something similar, I guess, to those, you know, your, your Neil deGrasse Tyson sort of stuff or your other, like, let's focus on a particular thing about Earth that's unexplained and talk about the science behind it and try to get scientists to explain as much as they can about it. So that's all on Nat, uh, Nat Geo. So um, I'm really looking forward to those two. I think that'll fit well. He has been in a lot of that kind of vibe lately. I believe just recently he got nominated Is for it- a streamy. Which is like the the YouTube awards that they give out mm-hmm. every year. He was nominated for a lot of his like his channel on there with a lot of the the stuff he's been doing on there. So and was it that was it called One Strange Rock? I think on Netflix, and he actually narrated that. And it's a similar thing. It's like every episode's about a particular thing about Earth, or a, you know, a country, or a climate, or an animal, or whatever. So I think that's what it was called, and he was the narrator of it. So yeah, it's cool that he's you know adding that to his repertoire of you know. <laughs> I hope, the, I hope many, they did one on the. Doing. The, the little piece of um, information I found out yesterday, which is when when our mothers were born, the mm. egg that we were made out of was already inside them. Yes, yeah. Blew my mind. Yeah, no, I, I forget when I found that a couple of years ago, just, I mean, through having kids of my own and just being fascinated with the way that mm. the human body works, and I still continue to do that. My you know, youngest is three years old, but yeah, finding that out that, that a woman is already born with every egg that she will ever have, um, that yeah. she will ever need, you know, and, and more. And so those essentially, and then that means that in some way we were all, part of us was always part of our grandmother because we were part of our mother who was an egg that, you know, we've always been part of her yeah. body. And that that body was once an egg in her mother. And it's just like, it's mind blowing the, the way that that sort of shit works. Whereas, you know. We need to take shrooms and have this conversation again. That could get interesting. <laughs> I want to talk to you about the female body now that I'm high. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, we've done the rest. We've covered off on the Kardashians, most importantly. Let's jump back to the other major half or other part of the uh, of the of the Mouse House brand. Let's chat a little bit of Star Wars. Um, okay, I'm look, familiar this... with this franchise. What's, what's right. this franchise, Mitchell? Uh, 1977. I know that you're a big Trek fan, so this one might have uh, blown under you because you... Uh, yeah. Star Wars is back, and Hayden Christensen is back. I mean, there's so much more we could cover straight up, but really, we knew the Obi-Wan series was coming, Maddie. We knew that Ewan McGregor was coming here. That excellent bit on stage with Kathleen Kennedy last year. I don't know whether it was their investors. I know it was a fan thing, but it may as well have been an investors thing because it was announcement, announcement, announcement. Not as big as this year and he gets out there on stage and says Kathleen would you I like to ask me and I can't do his accent if I'm coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi and she's like Ewan yes Kathleen are you coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi yes Yes. And it was like, oh my God, he's back. <laughs> we've known this. We've known this for a while. We were like, when's it coming? It was once a movie. Then they canned the movie probably because of Solo and they've branched out and they've made it into six episodes, eight episodes. Who knows what they're going to do? Ten episodes. I don't know. And uh, then, oh, it's probably set, you know, eight to ten years after um, Revenge of the Sith. Well, Strike Me Sideways come last week, and they're like, oh, yeah, also Hayden Christensen's coming back to play Darth Vader. It's like, fucking what? Where did that come yeah. from? Not in a um, million years would I have ever guessed that he would come back. Given that no. he's kind of just like a farmer out on his farm now. Like, he took all his money yeah. that he made, bought a farm. Uh, I don't know whether he and Rachel Bilson are still together or not, but they kind I wanted of to look a that farm, up. and he's just yeah. loving his, like, living his best life. I'm like, fucking... Mate, you he did it perfectly. He didn't get trapped in the, the whole sort of L.A. trap of, you know, putting his worth into whatever his next project was going to be. He just went, you know what? I've made enough money to live comfortably. I'm going to go and enjoy my life. Y'all can get fucked. And I have so much respect for that. So I never in a million years thought that he would come back, especially to Star Wars of all things, given how sort of toxic, you know... yeah things got about about his performance as Anakin. Yeah, I never thought in a million... I thought there'd be a, a Life as a House sequel before I thought he'd come back as <laughs> as Darth Vader. So, what um, a show, though. What a show. That was a great movie. Um, oh, phenomenal. I'm just looking here on Wikipedia, actually. In 2007, Christensen began dating actress Rachel Bilson, you poor bastard, uh, with whom he filmed the movie Jumper. They became engaged a year later in 2008. Mid-2010, they broke up, began dating again a few months later. On October 29, 2014, Bilson gave birth to their daughter, Briar Rose, but they separated in 2017. So they are no longer together, nah. but do share a daughter. So, yeah, it's... um. I was the same. I mean, I have I hadn't seen it. I wasn't at the panels in America or wherever the hell it was. But the, the, he did get welcomed back out onto a stage. You know, say it was Comic Con or or D twenty three or something. But he got announced at a Star Wars panel on stage, a big official thing. And you know, for the people that I read and watch that were there, they were like, he got really welcomed out. It was a big roar, and it's kind of like people like the, the true Star Wars sweaties that will go to a panel like that. They're gonna, they're gonna, even if they don't like the prequels, they're still gonna support the people that that are in it. They're still gonna cheer on. I mean, they, they would cheer on a lot of shit that went on in the rise of Skywalker, even if they don't like where the story ended, or like you know, cheer on um, what's his face that play, Alden Ehrenreich that played Solo, even though that the movie might not have been so successful or anything. They're just gonna love everything Star Wars, and you're in that mood and stuff, but. I think too, 
the way that I listen to a lot of like long-term Star Wars fans that watched them back in the 70s and the 80s and they're still loving them now and they go, well, you know what? We didn't like the prequels. Was, yeah, okay, they weren't great movies, but we also thought they were the last Star Wars we were ever going to get. And so that mm. was what we had to hold on to. And so we were like, oh, this is so shit. This is this is the final note. This is the send-off. And so then 2015, you know, or, you know, you get Rebels as well on the animated side, but and you've had Clone Wars along the way, but then 2015, you get The Force Awakens. And it's like, oh, we're back. And it was that nostalgia trip with The Force Awakens as well, much to, you know, the detriment of some fans' uh, opinions. Um, but... You know, then you get Rogue One, and it's like, okay, cool. We're getting slightly outside the main story. We're still getting new movies, and oh, the you know the prequels they're not that bad now that we've got so much other shit going on. And then you get Last Jedi, which is so divisive, and then you get Solo, which people didn't ask for, and then you get Rise of Skywalker, and and then you along the way you've had Rebels that we which love, people and you've had the Clone for. Wars, and <laughs> and you know people I think are looking back and going okay they weren't great but they're probably not as bad as we remember them and they're not the and that was my introduction to star wars so i've always got a soft spot for the prequels the, the first star wars anything i saw was the phantom menace so um really? I, I don't i don't hate the prequels at all i recognize them as not being um as good of films as as the originals and stuff oh, like look, that I mean, but... the original trilogy is not perfect either like there's there's problems in the original trilogy as well but you love yeah. it so much and and the, the prequels did give us so much. They gave us, to this day, the best lightsaber battles in existence. Like, yep. there are no better lightsaber battles than Duel of the Fates. You know, that, that to me, that's that's one of the best you'll ever see um, as far as lightsaber battles go. Um, so, yeah, they've given us a lot. Yeah, it was, you know, clunky and not some great writing. And, and you know, so Hayden wasn't really given a lot to work with in a lot yeah. of ways. But I think one of the things that's probably going to help is Matt Lanter, bought, who is the voice of Anakin in The Clone Wars, brought so much to that character because yeah. they got to flesh out the non... Like, if you think about um, Episode 3, Hayden is very just sulky and pouty throughout that whole film because that's that's where they're at like it's there's a yep. very weird he's so great you know having so much fun in the opening scene in the in the space fight but by the time they get on board the ship and he's you know executing dooku he's very different at that point um so yeah i think matt lanta brought a very different aspect to anakin um and really helped flesh out that character which i think will probably help um hayden christensen like in yeah. in understanding more of that brotherly aspect of Obi-Wan and, and Anakin that then he can bring to his Vader, mm. which I think will be great. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right when you say that he wasn't given much to work with because, and then that's almost what's exciting about this on that front is that it's, it's not going to be George Lucas dialogue and all that. And like, you know, mm. and George Lucas himself, like he actually came out and said like in defense of Hayden Christensen, I don't know whether it was uh, post- um, Attack of the Clones, or it was post um, that and Sith, but he said, look, any failings of Christensen as an actor is actually my fault as a director. He said, that's it's it's 100% my fault. And and he too has said, I'm not a, he doesn't Ooh. necessarily like directing. He's a, he's a great storyteller, you know, like... He's a from, phenomenal writer, yeah. He's, you know, this he's early 70s writer. writing on a napkin, like the first outlines of, you know, Luke Starkiller and, and all that, the adventures of, and, and, and that yeah. sort of stuff. And then what became Star Wars and... He might not be a great script writer, but he's a great 
writer or storyteller. He's great, yeah. He, he, story by George Lucas, di- screenplay by someone else is probably the ideal, directed yeah. by somebody else as well. And yeah. then story, maybe story in- by George Lucas, <laughs> written by Dave Filoni, directed by John Favreau. Done. <laughs> and have all three of them sit in there in the editing booth. Because I think someone... I remember reading a quote by somebody that had worked on the films and they said that's where he really loves being is in the editing booth when it's all been shot and he can mm. just he can just put the story together. And you could go, well, hang on, he directed four films and, you know, three of those were not great and he edited those but wh- ones. Why, it's like, why yeah, do we but- think he went through and, and, like, did multiple editions of every single film? Is yeah. because when he got in the editing bay, he didn't have what he needed. He's like, oh, yep. I need this, I need this, I need this. So he's added them in to 30-year-old movies at the time. <laughs> so it totally makes sense. And, of course, yeah, you so- know, Hay- Hayden is coming back. And, yeah, like like you're saying, like, Hayden is a great actor. Like, you watch Life is a House, you watch Jumper. Those are two of my favourite movies. Like, he is a phenomenal actor in both of those. Um, so, yeah, he was, you know, it was what he had to work with. But he's not coming back as Anakin. He's coming back as Vader. So I think that's yeah. probably also put a little bit of ease on his part in that he's going to be behind the mask. He didn't really get to do a lot of Vader stuff um, in Re- um, Return uh, Revenge of the Sith, so that's exciting. Imagine if you got to like put on the Vader suit and be Darth Vader. Hmm. I wonder what Who that wouldn't? means though, because surely he's not coming back to just wear the suit and be a stunt double, and then like it's Disney. I know that they're going to have to move on it from from it eventually, but I almost don't see them doing it yet. If James L. Jones is still alive, he will probably be doing the voice of Darth Vader. So Hayden won't be doing the voice and his face won't be seen behind the mask and the suit. Why come back at all then? So is it, will we get to see, you know, uh, something of him, you know, all scarred up and, 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 you know, semi healed from his burns and all that sort of stuff? And or will we see some flashback stuff? And that's where I, I want to say that we're yeah, almost going to have to. Flashbacks, just, yeah, there? just a, just a couple of little things. Because like you said, what The Clone Wars did so great, one of the many things it did was really branch out from that line in A New Hope where Obi-Wan tells Luke, you know, he was one of the best pilots. He was the greatest pilot in the galaxy. And he was a very good friend. And you felt that. Alex Guinness, Alex Guinness said that in a second and a half. And I'm like, you could feel that that was a real friend that he lost to this Darth Vader guy that we eventually found out Darth Vader killed him and you know he betrayed and murdered your father. And you're like, oh man, what an arsehole. He murdered your best friend. And you felt that in that line from Alec Guinness. Whereas in the prequels, you didn't really feel that from them so much. And that, again, might not be a fault of the actors. It's the fault of some poorly scripted dialogue and the fact that they were in front of green screens and blue screens and stuff and and surrounded by sticks that were going to be aliens and it's like yeah okay could you make this kind of semi-finished dialogue in front of all this nothing around you just make it work it's like how, I just what think can it was, you it was do too with ambitious that? to tell the story of 10 year old anakin to what 30 year old anakin becoming darth vader in three movies they're just you know and have a and have a forty minute pod race in the middle of that. <laughs> I think he I think I think George Lucas just overestimated how much time he actually had to tell the story that he needed to. Yeah, I know the big the big criticism or, or recommendation you know you know um tw- you know twenty years on that fans will have will say he should have done you know Haddon Christensen's nineteen year old Anakin Skywalker from Episode One. 
and then through like the three movies could be from hey he's already a jedi he's already a padawan and stuff like that don't tell the kid and then 10 years later everything's been sick since then and it's like oh something over the next couple of weeks is really going to mess him up and then skip three years later and oh well you know here we go he's just going to turn really quickly and then the animated show has to come out in six slash seven seasons really explore their friendship and explore not even really a great deal of his downfall they never really did that which is interesting no. in a way that that that's kind of the, one of my big disappointments is that Darth Vader in the I I know that you know one bad film doesn't oh, ruining my childhood nothing like that but you can't help now but look at episode 4 5 and 6 Darth Vader and go oh you're the older version of Anakin Skywalker from episodes 1 2 and 3 now I know that sounds mm. that sounds obvious but in the sense that when you watch them when they were released and if you only saw the 4 5 and 6 from the 70s and the 80s and you go that's one of the baddest motherfuckers ever on screen an evil guy and he then got brought back by the by his son's love, even though he didn't deserve the love of his son. He he received it, and he remembered that he was once a good person, and he came back from that. And it took him a long time. It took him a long time, and it took him having cut his kid's hand off and trying to turn him and almost killing him and, and wanting to go after his own daughter and all this other shit and blowing up, being part of blowing up planets and killing a number of people, you know, all of that shit. But he was still a bad guy. And you're like, man, he must have just been this really evil, corrupt guy that turned. He couldn't turn off his darkness and his dark side and the temptations. And then you watch the prequels, and it's basically the story of this old man just kind of manipulating him. Like, he just gets lied to. Like, you know the Jedi are evil, right? No, totally are. Do you believe in them? No, I believe in what's right. Well, you do, and so do I. And they think, because I don't believe what they believe, that I'm evil. But they're evil, don't you see? You're right. I'm going to kill them all. And it was just, he was just this deceived little boy. Like, yeah, mm. sure, he was 22 years old in episode three. But he was this deceived boy that had lost a childhood. It wasn't that he really helped decide himself to go bad. Now, I know he walked himself and a bunch of clone troopers into the Jedi Temple and killed children. And that's bad. But it also followed off him going, all the Jedi are evil and these kids are being brought up to believe the wrong thing and every one of them needs to be killed. And he went and did that. But he was this deceived little child and it really took a lot of the aura out of this bad guy from episodes four, five, and six. So I would love them, considering they didn't do it in Clone Wars very much, if we do just get a little bit of a throwback. Okay, they're all, they're both 15 years older than what they were in the last thing, but that really only affects Hayden Christensen because Obi-Wan is supposed mm. to be looking older anyway. That they do show some flashbacks and maybe have them be a little bit more Clone Wars-esque. Like they are happier, they're friendlier, but then there are those really dramatic moments where he is... Maybe, maybe he does confide in Obi-Wan at some stage or another about feeling certain things that doesn't you know contradict what we well, see think, in uh, rebels and, and clone wars turning but... points for, for anakin and that was even in um it was in attack of the clones wasn't it when he goes back to tatooine and takes out the um the sand people family yeah. when his mother yep. there wasn't a lot of fallout from that there wasn't a lot of talking about that afterwards there wasn't a lot yeah. of him dealing with what he'd done um yeah so yeah they i'd love to see a little bit of um spreading out of that and just diving into that a little bit more and fleshing that out. 
Otherwise, it could be yeah a complete cheat way that Hayden Christensen wins back the fans by coming back and just being a stunt double while someone else does the voice and probably the fight scenes. And then everyone goes, oh, how awesome was he as Darth Vader? He was so good. Yeah. We forgive him for the prequels. So anyway, they reckon well, they're going to... it's working for The Mandalorian at the moment, so... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, they're going to... They reckon they're going to start filming that early next year. We're probably not going to see it until, you know, early 2022 at best. No, but anyway. I, I just mean, you know, someone voicing someone else in a mask. That. Yeah, yeah, oh no, absolutely. Yeah, no, just show up when you need it. No, oh, you've been there for two seconds per episode, you know, twice in the series, and yep, sick. Here's your check. Yeah. One thing you are definitely going to be uh, really excited about, Maddie, is the spin off or the prequel to the prequel that you love so much. You got Rogue One, and then you got the prequel to Rogue One that is Andor, Cassian Andor. Ah, uh, the Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, I still see I I love Rogue One right. and uh, I really like the Cassian Endor character. There wasn't as much of his backstory, say in the show, as what I've been you know I've, I've been told and heard about since then. And basically, he would have been a guy against the resistance, against the rebels. But then something happens, and and then he ends up you know becoming for them and yada yada yada. And I'm like, I don't know where they're going to go with it. And it's kind of like it is kind of like that. Rogue One, what Rogue One was to the movies, this will be to the TV series um, because, yeah, I mean, Mandalorian is kind of that, but it's it's also... <sighs> I don't really know where I was going to go with that. It just seems so yeah. like... I don't think Rogue One knew where they were going to go with that film either, but yeah, <laughs> we, we still got it. Yeah, oh, it's only a sizzle reel at this point. I think it looks it looks really good. It 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 looks like a Star Wars film, and it looks as good as the Mandalorian visually. Um, and I just hope that the same way that the Mandalorian, it's like okay, John Favreau probably grew up writing scripts for a Boba Fett show, uh, and then they went, no, you can't do Boba Fett. He might be dead. And you're like, okay, well, I'll just create another guy. Um, but it's basically Boba Fett until Boba Fett mm. gets introduced. Whereas this mm. is, you know, it's. They've kind of got free reign, but within the confines of a story that itself had free reign within the confines of the very first Star Wars film. So it's kind of a blank slate in that sense, um, but with a limit. Whereas The Mandalorian, I know that it's you know it could go on for 20 years and work its way up to the sequel trilogy, but it's kind of got free reign for as long as it wants. Whereas this can only go so far and might only get one season, as opposed to The Mandalorian is definitely getting a third and well, yeah, could I go mean, on for we, we, six. That's the thing we we know he's he's got to die at some point. He's got to yeah. he's got to become what Stardust at some point. So. Yeah. So I don't want to touch it too much because I know you weren't a big fan, but I just, I, I'm, I, again, I'm looking forward to it only because I'm, I, I love the Mandalorian. It's like, hey, you know what? If <coughs> someone else has got just as good of a, a love and passion behind that as what they do for that show, then great. And if it looks just as good, um, then then great. You know, we'll we'll wrap up with that. Um, yeah. The there wasn't anything visually to go along with with these, but. Um, sequels to The Mandalorian, essentially, and spin-offs, um, if you can call them that. But The Mandalorian is getting season three. We're going to get that at Christmas next year. Uh, they also announced, you could say two spin-offs, only because the characters featured in The Mandalorian for the first time in live action. We are getting an Ahsoka series with Rosario Dawson, presumably, coming back, because it's going to be set at the same time as uh, The mm. Mandalorian. So we've only got one episode so far, Um 
I'm hoping this episode, you know, it's coming out around the same time our podcast is the season finale of Mandalorian. Maybe Ahsoka shows up again, or she's one and done for the Mandalorian, and that last line sets up her own spin-off, and it's about the hunt for, or rather, the search for Ezra and the hunt for Thrawn. Who knows? But we are getting that, which I'm excited about because I love the um, Ahsoka character, and now it's a whole new version of that in live action and the future story as opposed to trying to fill in the gaps and animated stuff along the way. And then we're also getting Rangers of the New Republic also set at the same time as The Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Um, But we've only really got a tease as to what that could be about based on The Mandalorian, whether that's following the type of, you know, essentially the space police that are going around in orange jumpsuits and flying X-wings, or there is like another ragtag team of characters that have somewhat featured in the Mandalorian that are going to be these representatives of the New Uh, Republic trying to... I believe I heard um, Gina Carano's moving over to that one. That's their way to to keep her because Marvel are sniffing around Gina Carano, wanting to get her into, into the Marvel MCU. So yeah, I heard the Rangers was a way, because now she is the marshal or whatever it was of, of that particular planet, yeah, they're going to try and weave her into that a little bit more so they can keep keep her around. Okay, I'd only heard, yeah, that people were hoping or saying that would make sense, but yeah, if that is if that is like a confirmed thing or whatever, or uh, at least looking that way, that does make sense. Yeah, yeah those, those, those two X-Wing pilots didn't give me much. I did like the fact that the um, the older the older guy with the goatee that's actually Mr. Kim from Kim's Convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who plays Simu Liu's um, Simu Liu's father? Yeah, so that was a bit of a little chuckle, like, oh, it's Mr. Kim. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was a little bit like, eh, okay, fair enough. I'm I'm open. I'm open to it. So mm. I'll see where that goes. And obviously, we really haven't really spoken about Mandalorian over the last few weeks and, and the big episodes and. I really enjoyed the the Ahsoka episode. Um, I think it was just very jarring because I'm so used to the animated version and Mm. Ashley Eckstein's interpretation. So I think it will take a little bit of adjusting to get used to Rosario Dawson's version of of Ahsoka. So it's very hard after one episode to go, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. And obviously Rosario, I think, will grow into the character as well. Um, and hopefully they take on board some of the criticisms that sort of the fans have had about the overall look of of Rosario's Ahsoka. Um, the thing that excited me is is the the title card that we got for Ahsoka really seems to lay heavily on um, what we saw from the the Rebels finale that sort of out of time. World between worlds. The world between worlds. Yeah. Kind of thing. It took me, I think, a week until, or a week, it's been a week, but a couple of days until someone pointed, and I thought someone had like photoshopped that on Twitter and put like those symbols and the, uh, and the like the little like outlines of the walkway. And I'm like, someone's, and I went back and had a look at their actual Disney one. I'm like, holy shit, that's there. Because it seems yeah. so weird that they actually introduced something so mythology changing or galaxy sort of altering. Uh, as far as the way that the uh, the entire I guess, science of the of of that world story works, and what's possible and what's not, in only a handful of episodes or one episode of you know the third last episode of Rebels, and then never mm. touch on it again. So it'd be interesting to see them if if that's yeah if they do incorporate it, which you got to think they will if if that's part of the yeah. I was card. um I was watching a, a fan theory on on YouTube and they were kind of bringing that up and. And made a very interesting uh, point that when you look at all of the how many how many Star Wars shows did we get like five or something like that? Yeah, none of them 
are really post Mandalorian. None of them mm, have anything mm. to do with the sequel trilogy, the Disney sequel trilogy. There's no Rose Tico series. There's no um, Felicity series, whatever her character was. There's no Babu series or anything like that because of the, you know, it was very divisive amongst the fans. So a lot of the fan theory being that given what the Ahsoka series could be, is it going to, in the same way we've been talking about Wanda and, and Loki earlier, is it going to be alternate realities? Are they going to try and decanonize the 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 Disney trilogy, like the sequel trilogy, and try again with a, with a, with a new future? <laughs> yeah, well, I texted you that last week and I said, Mandalorian, I think we were both raving on about... Um that maybe the Boba Fett episode. And I said, look, at this point, I'm happy for the show just to come on. And you know what? They could come out and set something in stone 25 years pre in the timeline to the sequel trilogy that then changes the way the sequel trilogy wraps up. And I'm like, you know what? Then you're just writing it off out of canon. You know, who cares? Like, and saying that, I liked Force Awakens. It was kind of hard not to because it was just like the old ones, but not. Yeah. You know, uh, Last Jedi, again, divisive. I like a lot of that movie. And the more I read about it and the way that it sort of interpreted or understands the Force more than you know, the the other movies that bookended it uh, and and things like that and the way that interpreted certain characters, I'm like, I really appreciate, but I haven't watched it in full since the cinemas when we watched it. I, I tried to before Rise of Skywalker, but I was doing it like literally in the car. Yeah. And then Rise of Skywalker, I really enjoyed the experience of watching it because I watched it with my brother the first time. I watched it with another mate the second time and it was like, yeah, we really and he was watching it for the first time, and I was like, "Yeah, I really enjoy the ride of it all." But the more I think about it, I'm just so pissed off that that's what they did with the end of that story or something. So I, mm. it would, I mean, I I cannot fathom that they would ever decanonize, as you say, an entire trilogy that cost them, you know, five hundred, six hundred million dollars to make and whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, other other movie franchises have uh, well after you know, come in and sort of retcon those by just going off in a different path that renders them uh, irrelevant and out of canon. So I don't think they're going to do it, but it's interesting how much they will do. And, and like you said, how much time is it going to be before they start exploring this time frame well beyond The Mandalorian? You know, between Jedi and, and The Force Awakens is this, like, what, 30 years? Mandalorian set five years after and now yeah. probably six at this stage or something you know roughly you know it's but in saying that star wars has also done that and the entire lucasfilm and all their stuff have only now just started exploring post empire strikes back um for the longest time all their canon novels all of the comic books everything was in between a new hope and empire strikes back for the longest time they didn't do anything pre six uh and that th- what three and not three like a year i don't even know how long the lead i don't even, i forget what the timeline is between episode five and six but they hadn't explored it and only now they starting to write a few comics and things like that to to get into that territory and they've owned the property it, for you it, know eight years it, is it two years between each is it like two years between a new hope and empire and then two years between empire and and i thought um, Jedi? it was three years between a new hope and empire strikes back well yeah it does it does say um return of the jedi is set four years after a new hope so okay um yeah you could be right that it's like one and three or yeah yeah it is it is funny that they they keep going back like i'm just also about to i was about to mention the fact they're doing a lando series they haven't said who 
but surely it's Donald Glover. They're not. I don't think they're going to bring back Billy Dee Williams for you know a galaxy, uh, galaxy spanning adventure starring you know seventy eight year old, eighty three year old um, Billy Dee Williams. I don't know how old he is, but you know he's not. Get, surely he's not getting his own adventure series, but maybe he will. Um, but Donald Glover, I think, was like. You know, there were a lot of shining lights, a lot of things that people like the elements of of Solo, but just as a whole product, people a bit just, yeah, whatever. Like, I remember us seeing the premiere, and I was like, that was that was a lot of fun. That was better than I thought it was going to be. I don't know that I ever need to watch it again, and I immediately forget what happened in it. Like, it just, it didn't, it didn't have it. The more I think about it, and I've got a friend at the moment who just watched it for the first time, and he's making his girlfriend watch the entire um, series in chronological order. And so he has hit Solo, and he's hit Rogue One, and he's like, God, he loved Rogue One. And I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. And he watched Solo, and he said, Solo's so much fun because of these little elements. And are they ever going to pay off on the um, Kira and Darth Maul storyline? I'm like, no, they, <laughs> they're they not getting a Solo too. I listened to an interview with uh, Ron Howard the other day, and he said, there are no talks about a solo two. I think if there ever is any follow up, it will be a Disney Plus TV series in some form. And people have said, you know, we don't necessarily need more Han, so don't give another movie or series to him. Maybe give Kira her own series, and we can go into the Crimson Dawn stuff, and we can have more fun with Darth Maul, and maybe Han can show up, but don't make him a big focal point, you know, um, mm. in uh, in that series. So it's funny that they yeah. Okay, well let's do some more prequel. Type stuff with with Lando and they've uh, one here called a droid story, um, which is shorts in in some anime style. Um, uh, and there's a new film being written by Taika Waititi. It's like, well, where's that? That feels like it's going to be like outer rim stuff, not related to anything in this world, or maybe some kind of weird character that we've already met. But I don't think, yeah, it's going to be from the sequel trilogy. Then the other one was the Acolyte, which is from the showrunner of Russian Doll. And all we knew it was going to be a female-led series in a, in part of the galaxy we've never been before. And it now is also part of this timeline or time frame that they've never explored before that they're starting to really build upon called High Republic, which I think is about 300 years before the Star Wars we know. Um and it's, yeah, like Jedi in their absolute prime. Not Old Republic, but High Republic mm. stuff and... I don't know how much you can do with Sith because the Sith was supposed to be, you know, gone for a thousand years or whatever. But it's it's set Jedi in their prime, new threats, blah blah blah, and that's when that movie is set. They're about to, oh sorry, that series. They're about to release, I think, three or four books in the next couple of months. They're all High Republic stuff. They're going to do a whole new comic book lines in the High Republic. So it is a time period they are exploring. I don't think they're going to jump straight into a, a film by you know Taika Waititi in there and introduce you to a character you don't know and a timeline that you don't know. But you're right. There's nothing post-Mandalorian by a good chunk mm. and pre-sequel um, trilogy. And it's like, what are you? Are you just scared at the moment? Like, is it a cooling off period? Kind of like mentioning anything to do with the prequels you know even the other yeah. week in the mandalorian and they're talking about baby yoda like his m count and i'm like you can say midichlorian guys we know what you mean yeah. like don't be afraid of the m word um yeah. so it's just i'd say it's just a cooling off period. but i feel yeah i feel like i feel like kerry russell's character would be primed for a a series you know um, a prequel to force awakens finding out about her connection with poe dameron yeah, um, Poe Dameron. Like people, he's got cool backstory. You know, they've done a whole comic series on him, and he's he's in a couple of books pre sequel trilogy and uh, ones. Uh, no, I was reading Resistance Reborn, and it was um, in the middle of Jedi and Skywalker, and it focused on him a bit more than say the movies did overall. And um, 
uh, yeah, but otherwise he could get like his own series. I don't think um, Oscar Isaac's coming back anytime soon. He's he's only slightly no, more he's... he's only slightly more keen to return than John Boyega is. But um, you know, <laughs> well, see, and, yeah, they talk talk about a character going to waste. Is is Finn would have been a great character to explore? Oh, but God, given that his character development comes at the start of Force Awakens, it's like well, you can't really do much. Mm. What what can you explore of his of his background? It's like oh, it's Finn the Janitor series coming to Disney Plus. <laughs> like can't really do that. So we need we need more Finn through the trilogy and and post yeah. the trilogy, which we're not going to get. So yeah. really pre trilogy, I feel like Poe is really the only one of those core three that you can you can really explore. Well, they didn't confirm him for Moon Knight in the Marvel stuff, which, again, that was like the Tatiana Maslany thing. When it came out, everyone's like, oh, well, cool, Oscar Isaac's going to definitely be it because that's what The Hollywood Reporter is reporting. And they're really, you can trust them. And, and, oh, hang on, no, why haven't Disney confirmed it? And they never did. And then Disney have an investors meeting. We're announcing Moon Knight. It's going to be a series. They didn't confirm Oscar Isaac. And it's like, okay, well, how true is that? But just the idea that that might be the case, and it's like he does his own series, and then they're like, come on. You're in a Disney Plus series. You want another one? You want another one as Poe Dameron? Come on. Come on. Come on, Oscar. <laughs> the other, um, I guess, big movie announcement, which we weren't expecting, which is surprising considering that the release date uh, that they're giving it, end of 2023, it will be the next Star Wars film to come out in cinemas, is Rogue Squadron. Everyone's cool. Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman 1 and 2, has this awesome announcement oh, video on her trailer. socials. Yeah, and she comes out, she's rollerblading, of all things, on a tarmac for fighter pilots. I'm like, that is the most badass thing ever. And her telling a story that my dad was a fighter pilot and I grew up around planes and you know he died in service of his country. And ever since then, knowing that I was wanting to make films, I've wanted to tell the greatest fighter pilot story and make the best fighter pilot movie ever made and i've just been waiting for the right story to to be able to tell you know what these guys go through and what they're you know how committed and passionate they are about their about their role and their work and their jobs and laying their life on the line for the cause and all this sort of stuff and then she is anyway whatever walks off out of shot as she pulls up an orange jumpsuit and walks toward an x-wing that's waiting on a real life tarmac and it's like oh my god god that looks cool and then bang rogue squadron and that's what she's making and it's like well we don't know when that's going to be set like exactly how many characters that we already know are going to feature into it and again it's like well they can't they keep saying we need to explore the rest of the galaxy and the star wars universe is so rich and it's so old and we can tell so many stories across so many centuries but it's like eh, here's one that's going to take place in the middle of the original trilogy or take place mm. slightly after uh, return of the jedi pre-mandalorian or something like it's, but I don't care at the same time. And we'll go into a little bit more why when we talk about uh, the next and final show with uh, with the Bad mm. Batch. But like Rogue Squadron, what are you like? It was a cool announcement I mean, is, video. Is but that, is that Red Five? Is that Red Five standing by? Is that is that where we're at? Yeah, kind of. Um, you know, enough Star Wars sweaties that might be listening that are going to be screaming at us if we get anything wrong. And I'm not going to pretend to know everything, but um, yeah, like I'm guessing we've, you know, we've we've seen tastes of it within the films, and we're gonna whether we're going to be put in to tell their story 
while those movies are going on, essentially, not not we're going to relive the exact same battle or anything, but you know what happens mm. post the Death Star blowing up and pre Empire Strikes Back when these they're being hunted by the Empire for three years before the Empire finally finds the base and goes after Luke Skywalker. So there's there's plenty of timeline there to cover, and um, you know they've. I just I just wonder is there going to be too much overlap between that and Rangers? Like, is that are they are they going to be too similar story to tell? Yeah, maybe. In a lot of ways. Rangers so. to me seems like maybe it'll like just just with that guy that deputized um, Gina Carano's character and gave her the you know the marshal badge essentially and said, look, there's some I don't know what it is, but there's something going on out here and we need to really look into it, you know. And I've just had a feeling about things and I'm like, I wonder whether that's going to be more of a not investigation. I'm not saying we're going to have like Law and Order, you know, Star Wars or anything like that. They're going to be, you know, going around Star in... Wars SVU. <laughs> ding, ding. Da, 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 da. Um, but in the universe, there are two kinds of people: <laughs> <laughs> Sith and Jedi. Um, but I would think that Rogue Squadron is going to be more of that. It is going to be, you know, people in the cockpit and flying around. There's going to be a lot of battles and stuff and high octane sort of stuff and. And whereas Rangers is going to be a bit more boots on the ground, you know, mm. the world is really it's big. Interesting because stuff because for me in in Rebels and even in a bit of Clone Wars, the the fighters flying around blowing things up that was the stuff where I, my eyes would start to droop if it went on yeah. too long. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, Patty Jenkins is phenomenal. So you know, I mean, I. Sh- Watching uh, Wonder Woman, there was no point where I fell asleep, and I'm notorious for falling asleep <laughs> through movies. If you know, if nothing's happening. Well, at so, the time of us recording this, Maddie, we are literally four hours away from seeing Wonder Woman 1984. So get some rest in this afternoon, son. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be a big night. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and yeah, the the little Patty Jenkins trailer like got me. Like she's she's into it. She's a fan, and I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Is that she, it didn't seem like she was pretending to be a fan to get you know the real fandom on side she's like no no this i'm a fan this is i've been i've loved this since i was a kid Mm. um so yeah i'm I'm interested to see um what she can do because yeah because to me it doesn't seem like a very rich area to 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 explore but Mm. i'm down i'm keen to see what she can come up with and the i've saved it for last because it's it's new, but it's you know old. You know, refresh with a you know new new coat of paint or whatever. The Bad Batch, um, yeah. It's it was funny. We only got introduced to these guys, this little crew of ragtag clones that just aren't quite right. They call them the Bad Batch. In season seven, the the comeback season of the Clone Wars this year, the first four episodes of a twelve episode um, season we get introduced to these guys and i think at that stage i already i think i already knew that they were getting their own spin-off because i might have started oh. watching i think i did start watching i know it took me until only a couple of weeks ago before i finally actually finished the season but i think i started watching it a couple of weeks after it started and by that stage they maybe they'd finished their entire four episode arc and and disney said yeah they're getting their own spin-off i was like and so going in watching it and I think because I didn't immediately get Ahsoka and I didn't immediately get, you know, heaps more Obi-Wan and Anakin or even heaps more of just the clones that we've come to know and love, like your Cody's and your Rexes and all that sort of stuff, leading the charge. It was very much these guys were, you know, the main players in those episodes that I kind of got shitty that I'm like, I've got 12 episodes of this series, not even season, but series left. And 
I'm giving a third of that to you. You don't deserve that. Why should I care about you? And oh, you're all you're different because you know your cloning didn't quite go right. So you're a little bit funny, and you've got this going on, and blah blah blah. I don't care, guys. We've had enough different clones along the way. What makes you so special? And then this trailer comes out, and I honestly I wasn't looking forward to watching it. I wasn't looking forward to this show, and it starts off, and I'm like, yep. Yeah, whatever, same stuff, whatever they call us, the bad batch. And I'm like, yeah, cool, old mate gets to come back and do more voices and like voice an entire show, basically. Who, by the way, is the fish from American Dad? Oh, that's right. You've told me that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe, I don't know, I don't know that I ever would have thought that it would have taken place prior to their four episodes in uh, in the Clone Wars, but had it have done that, I would have been like, so we're just now telling another clone story adjacent to the one that we've already told like taking place sometime in season five or season six yeah in the way the trailer had like the the clone wars um logo and then yeah. it burnt away to be a bad yeah. batch logo and i yeah. love that because it Which was I like i still think he's bad bitch every time i see it i think it says bad bitch <laughs> well who knows what kind of show it's gonna be um well, well i think what accent, I... it could be a bad bitch yeah <laughs> what i liked about the setting was you it clearly takes place after Order 66, or at least, you know, it might start before them, but the majority of it will take place after that because they're clones. They would have, whether they took part in Order 66 or not, they then had to file up in line and start serving the Empire. They were soldiers of the Republic, and now they're soldiers of the Empire. And I'm like, so they're going to be, for all intents and purposes, they, 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 I mean, they're now part of the bad guys. They're fighting for the bad guys. And we see them on missions in this doing the bidding of their superiors who are doing the bidding of your moths and they're doing the bidding of the emperor. So they are bad guys. And are they then going to figure out that they're not the good guys anymore and they're actually fighting for who the bad guys were all along? And are they going to go the way of your your Rexes and go against their old masters because they've seen through the the illusion of what the Emperor and the Empire is? Well, if it is taking... And that was the one thing that got me excited about it was the idea that it's taking place post-Order 66. What you've got to remember is at the end of that, Fives joined the Bad Batch and Fives thing in his brain was removed. Removed, yeah. So he he's immune to Order sixty six. So I I kind of got the vibe that all of Bad Batch are, are immune to to Order sixty six. You'd assume yeah. Fives joining them, he would if even if they still had that intact, Fives would take that out of them. So I mean they on a on a face level they have the coolest ship out of any. Well, it's the coolest ship <laughs> I've seen in a long time. I really do love their just. It's like streamlined slick for absolutely no reason other than it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like I think that would be a really interesting area to explore given that what's that line in, in A New Hope where like the Vader comes into like the meeting of all the moths and stuff hmm. and talks about how the the Senate or something is gone. Like they finally disbanded. Yeah, they're like yeah, I think it's Vader or um or Tarkin. Or, yeah, they both. They either way, they're talking about the fact that yeah, the Emperor had finally like gotten rid of the Senate. Like he was he was the Emperor overall leader. Like he his word yeah. was it. You know, and made it and made it sound like Vader had like killed them all. Like he just disposed of them. So I mean, as much as everyone gave crap to the prequel trilogy about there being too much politics and stuff in it and too many Senate <laughs> meetings, it would be interesting to see. 
I guess from the maybe the bad batch. I guess because you can't really view it from a a Jedi's point of view of the consolidation of the Empire because they mm. were all like ninety nine point nine nine percent of them were all assassinated, and the rest are all in hiding. But yeah, so it would be interesting to see uh, the bad batch being the outsiders, seeing it all happening from their point of view. Obviously, they don't because they are the bad batch. They can't really impersonate any of the other clones they can't exactly yeah. sort of go undercover like ezra and sabine did all the time that's gonna be a little more difficult for them I, I guess but yeah that'd be interesting to see i mean it'd be great to get maybe in the same way i fucking loved seeing young boba in clone wars being raised by um or a sing who was like a nothing character from the pod right she had like half a second of screen time during the pod race in episode yeah. one as a bounty hunter or whatever, suddenly she's the bounty hunter that raised Boba Fett. I just, Ed worked with um, Bosk and all that kind of stuff. I just, I nerded out so much over that. So I would, I would love just the idea of perhaps knowing what we know from Rebels, maybe seeing a young Kanan Jarrus encounter yeah. the Bad yeah. Batch as he was rushed away somewhere. Or fuck a, a, an animated um, Grogu, seeing what happened, how Grogu <laughs> yeah. got smuggled out of the Jedi Temple. <laughs> as as much as I enjoy, you know, the Clone Wars, the clones are my the least enjoyable part for me. I like seeing how they tie into the Jedi. So I feel like for Bad Batch to work, it needs to tie into the Jedi story a little more, and we won't have a lot of Jedi to choose from. Mm. So I think um, Kane and Jarrus. Grogu, imagine if given that it was just dropped and spoiler alert for, you know, um, anyone who hasn't seen the last few episodes of Mandalorian, you know, finding out that Grogu was smuggled out of the Jedi Temple during Order 66. Imagine if fucking we find out that was the Bad Batch that were the ones that smuggled Grogu out. Yeah. Like, that would be fucking cool. <laughs> that That would get me excited. But who knows? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think they would give that the responsibility of that part of his backstory to the animated show that's a sequel to an old thing but at the same time this is here and it's here for a reason because they've obviously got some ideas well i mean like as ah- ahsoka was created by clone wars and now she's in mandalorian so i feel yeah, like it'll yeah. almost be a uh you know tit for tat yeah it's it's just a, it's funny how i've like come around because of a what minute 20 trailer because I know I saw it. I'm like, oh, come on, we're done with the Clone Wars. Like, I love the Clone Wars, and and people that come up mm. and go, I love Star Wars. I wish there was more of it. And I go, have you seen the Clone Wars? If not, you totally should skip these episodes, but definitely do the rest of it. Cut to me um, telling you that in like 2014. Of course you did, and, and I'd seen some of it back you... then. I just took me, you know, five years to really start, and six years to definitely start. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think just because I, I had a, I had like this glorious week where I wrapped up the. F- final episodes of the clone wars and then the final season of rebels or literally in the space of seven days and so i had a lot of closure with animated star wars and those animated characters and those animated stories that then when this comes up and i'm like oh that's right this is happening i do not want this i don't need this i'm done with this story and i'm like you just had a really good week with some great 
great series finales. Um, and, you know, this looks all right. So, I mean, I'll be watching it. I'm not stupid in saying that I won't even watch it unless someone tells me it's good. I will be there when it drops. But mm. we don't even know when that's going to be yet. They've obviously got enough done to put together this little teaser, but um, they've just said it's coming soon to Disney+. Plus. So we'll uh, have to wait and see when that happens, as if there isn't already yeah. enough to see on Disney+. Plus. Do you need to sit down and, like, a cold drink after all that? Like, we didn't want it to turn into a multi-hour podcast. I knew that it would have a bit of length in it. We've been talking now for just shy three hours. Good lord. And now we need to, like I said, I'm not joking, like in a couple of hours, we're in a cinema sitting next to each other watching Wonder Woman 1984 and I think that goes to two and a half hours. So it's going to be a bloody good day, mate. All right? I'm I'm just processing all that. That's... uh... That's phenomenal. Look, we will, we probably will have to catch up in a few weeks and maybe do a uh, a proper Mandalorian sort of season wrap up. I would have loved to have done episode wrap ups as we went along, but it was just hard to sort of you know find a time every week to sit in and talk about it because hey, you mm. and I also do a podcast, get into gate talking about Stargate episodes one episode week. If you want to go and check that out, uh, no. and that's hard. I think, I think at this point time. you've got to say week in air quotes, Mitchell. One or one sure, week. that's the idea of it. We've really struggled mm. during the pandemic even though we're not having to leave our home to record a podcast (laughs) maddie thank you for joining me for a podcast the length of one of your favorite lord of the rings films it's been fun talking all things disney and disney plus uh, over the last three hours (laughs) plenty of star wars plenty of marvel and plenty of pixar disney otherwise live action stuff and animation and kardashians to get excited about i did actually do infinity war and endgame back to back the other week so oh glorious it's pretty good feel good yeah yeah, it's pretty good. I haven't done that yet, but you know, hey, I've got holidays coming up. Maybe I'll do. That's it. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do Rogue One and Star Wars, and then I'll do all three Lord of the Rings films, and then all of a sudden, binging mm. movies is not what you like doing because those two sound like shit to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we will be back in a future episode of Get Into Geek. This might be our last episode for the year. It might not. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Otherwise, you can uh, you know, check back next year for more. There's a lot more that we want to be doing in 2021. And I know I keep saying that, but you know, building blocks are in place. Otherwise, if you just really, really enjoy Maddie and I's commentary on all things over the podcast, <laughs> come over to Get Into Gate and listen to us talk about Stargate. Uh, there's about four years worth of podcasts to catch up on if you haven't listened to us yet. And if you you are listening thank you and uh, hopefully we've got weekly episodes coming out uh as you're listening to this because uh, we've certainly fallen behind and we'll endeavor to get back on board and uh keep up to date with that otherwise i'm um, mitch underscore lewis on twitter and instagram if you want to follow me personally maddie where are you at at high pitch maddie on the stuff and things the stuff and things that's where you can find him all right and get into geek and the socials as well just follow us there just search get into geek and we'll see you back more probably in the new year who knows what's going to happen more geek some description i don't know it's not getting bigger than this so it's all downhill until we get to wandavision maddie we'll catch you back in january 15th you get into geek